Blog Talk Radio. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? My name is Quincy. And this is my show, the Talk to Q Radio Show. It's almost like posting a blog, except I'm doing it live. Tonight, my name is Quincy, and this is my show. And tonight, um, we are discussing things surrounding Thanksgiving, you know, things surrounding the holiday. And we're going to just ask a few questions about the holiday, reminisce a little bit, have a good time, um, and get that done as uh, I am off tomorrow. Tomorrow, is the day before Thanksgiving. People will be traveling, have family coming in, and things of that nature. So, you know, I'm going to try to take it easy and uh, have a show, just one show this week. So we'll discuss that and get into some zone coverage afterwards. But first, let me explain to you how this show works for those who may be new. This show is a platform for you. The callers, the chat room participants, the social networkers, all of you have the opportunity to voice chat or tweet your opinions to me and be heard worldwide and completely uncensored. Because here on T2Q, there are no experts, just opinions. Unlike most shows where you simply just listen to the host talk on and on, I allow you the opportunity to speak your mind. You can join my show legends each episode and discuss a wide range of things like relationships, current events, sports, politics, and more. This show is very informal by design because, let's face it, my style is very unorthodox in nature. The topics are random, but they're relevant with what's going on in the world today. The call-in number to step on your soapbox is 347-202-0215. That's 347-202-0215. If you decide to call in and you get the urge to voice your opinion, then after you connect, Simply hit one on your dial pad. That lets me know that you're ready to speak, and it places you in the host queue. And please mute your phone if you're not speaking at the time, because background noise picks up easily over cell phones and headsets. 
Now, another way you can contribute to the show is to follow me on Twitter at TalkToQ. There is a live tweet chat that occurs during the show, and you can respond to some of the same questions that I'm asking over the air in most cases. Please search and use hashtag T2Q to read and respond to all show tweets. If you want to learn more about me, the show, or the show legends, then journey on over to TalkToQ.com. And if you can't listen to the entire show live, then you can find T2Q on iTunes and just pick up where you left off. Maintenance complete. T2Q radio show number 542 starts right after this word from A Pimp's Perspective from The Crystal Show. From A Pimp's Perspective featuring Eminem, make sure you're tuning in live exclusively on The Crystal Show. What up, Chris? What up, Radio World? It's your boy Eminem, a.k.a. My Mind. Yeah, money maker, the whole breaker. Yeah, Mr. She get laid, I get paid, motherfucker. You know, I'm the face that's never sad. Sweetie, I'm the dad you never hate. When times are rough and things are tough, sugar don't think too hard. There's always Mother Nature's credit card. So sit back and listen to my directive as I give you this real shit from a pimp's perspective. Mm, give it to me, daddy. My thanks to The Crystal Show um, for their uh, being an official sponsor of the Talk to Q radio show with a pimp's perspective. Go to thecrystalshow.com and uh, learn more about the show and how you can hear episodes of a pimp's perspective. Okay, man, you all have no idea the technical difficulties I have sometimes. <laughs> 347 is the number. On a Talk to Q radio show, no experts, just opinions. Um, tonight, like I said, we're discussing things surrounding the holidays, things surrounding Thanksgiving. Um, you know, it's the time of year where family comes together. Sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes that's a bad thing. Uh, we'll get into some discussions on that. We'll talk a little Black Friday. But first, let me go to the phones and go to the... Emerald Coastline of Pensacola, Florida, the 850 area code, to bring on the man in black. Like, fuck, fuck, what's going on? What up, what up? How's everybody doing this evening? Man, I'm like Joe Namath at the moment. I am struggling, but I'm doing all right. Just, just trying to get some stuff situated here. I'm just having problems calling in, maintaining um a good internet connection, but I'm going to make it do what it do. And I'm going to go to the 517 area code I'm outside the Motor City of Detroit and welcome on the author, the show hostess, the show legend, Crystal Hickerson. What's going on, Chris? Thank you. How are you? Been doing pretty well. Um, okay. Crystal. <laughs> yeah. If you all only knew what happened in the back, what happened in the background over here, sometimes y'all would be like, "Dude, I don't know why in the world you put up with this." But 
I do what I can. Why? What's going on? Oh, some of everything. So, just, (laughs) you know, trying to connect this way, trying to connect that way, not being able to connect, can't sign in, just all kinds. No, no. (laughs) It's all good. It's all good. So, glad to have you on. And we'll go ahead and get started. And I will start with question number one. Um, okay, so Crystal, I'll start with you. What is something, we'll just start simple, what is something that you're most thankful for in your life? You know, Thanksgiving is a time to reflect and think about all the things that we're thankful for before we run out on Black Friday and stampede each other trying to get more. What are you thankful <laughs> I'm for? Thankful, I'm thankful to be alive, um, that I am um, currently healthy, <laughs> and... Um, so that's what I'm thankful for, and that my children are alive and well, and um, my daughter's not hanging from a pole, or uh, my son is not a drug dealer. So, I, you know, it's really great. Okay. <laughs> All righty. And, uh, Buck, what about yourself? Just thankful for, you know, being healthy, strong, um, you know, perseverance. I'm happy to have my niece here with me. You know, she's been with me here for about uh, close to a month now. Um, Actually, I think it has been a month. And, um, you know, she's doing real well. Um, And just, you know, just, you know, being happy to have, you know, a little bit of family with me, immediate family with me, That you know, that's great. So um, it just makes you, you know, work even harder and strive harder to, be great. All right, cool, cool. And uh, you know, I don't know if I can narrow down any one thing that I have to be thankful for, but uh, God, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I don't, I don't know if I can just narrow it down, but I guess I'll just say I'll be thankful. I, I'm thankful for. I guess just the opportunity to reach so many people. Um, Even though on my show, I don't really do a lot of talking and it's more me just kind of throwing out questions to other people, just to have the opportunity to provide a platform to everyone else. And in a a way, it's just, it's something that I'm very thankful for because it's something that I never would have expected, you know, 10 years ago that I'll have a chance to do. So just being able to do it and to do it for almost five years and over 500 episodes is pretty cool. But, Crystal, what is something that you know that you take for granted that you should appreciate more? Um, I know that I take for granted. I appreciate it more. Uh, <laughs> probably everything going on in my life, I guess, um, currently, because... I'm always looking forward. I'm always looking, you know, to better myself. So I rarely take a chance to stop and take a look around kind of a thing unless I'm forced to. So um, I guess just the ability to do what I'm able to do, the ability to get up in the morning and go to work. Um, the, I mean, I'm not homeless and... I have my own car. I mean, you know, just little things, I guess, that you don't take that some people may think, you know, is a big thing. And But 
Um, these are major things, of course. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm not in a crappy relationship. That's always great. I, have to, you know, I, I don't think how wonderful that is. And, it, you know, it is quite wonderful. Um, so, yeah, you know, the peace that I have created for myself on top of that. But, yeah, um, it's, I, I think just a lot of the little things that I I don't stop to look at and take uh, into account because I'm always thinking about, okay, now what's next? What, what do I have to do next? You know, so I need to do more of that. Okay. And, Buck, what's something you take for granted, man, that you know you should be more thankful for? And I also toss that out to uh, the people in the chat room. Well, I think, you know, we all take for granted that, you know, just getting out of bed every morning and being, you know, just being alive another day. I mean, because, you know, we need to be thankful for that, you know, on a daily basis. Having day. another day on your oh. resume. Exactly. I mean, every day, you know, I, to me, every day counts. And, I mean, you wake up in the morning and you stay alive all day, you know, you don't get in any accidents during the day or have any issues or anything like that. And then, you know, make it back home safe and then, you know, go to sleep, you know, wake up, you know, hopefully wake up the next day and do it again. I mean, I mean, it's, it's, it's important. I think we also take, you know, take for granted health. You know, we do kind of take that for granted sometimes too. Um, Cause I mean, everybody has their own ailments when they get a certain age and things of that nature, but you can have freak, freak things happen. I had a hip, hip go out of place and didn't even know it was out, even after it being x-rayed twice. And I mean, it didn't stop me from working. However, it was, it was very, you know, it was a, a lot of things to deal with. And I had to do a lot of things from changing diet uh, to dropping down from 240 pounds down to 205 pounds just to be, you know, be able to work and just walk and, you know, do, you know, take, take for granted walking in, you know, walking to a place just to go shopping. Um, you know, there was a lot of things that I had to change in order to, you know, be able to, you know, get around every day. You know, sports was something that I had to take, take a back seat to because I couldn't do those things. But now it was back in place. You know, now, you, you know, you see that, you know, I could run, jump, do all the things that I was doing before. And you do take those things for granted, you know. If you don't have your health 100, percent I mean, it's you know you do take it for granted when you do have it. So you got to be thankful for that on a day base, day to day basis. That's true. And X470 in the chat room agrees with you. Um, says that she also takes her family for granted. Doesn't go to visit as often. You know, tomorrow isn't promised to any of us. So I'm thankful that they are. Still here today for me to spend time with them. So that is something that we take for granted. Um, I take rest for granted. And but maybe that falls under, you know, your health category. But um I right. don't I don't rest like I should. I um I'm always doing something. My mind is always at work. I'm always multitasking. And sometimes it catches up with me to where just like last night I sat on the couch watching football, and at 9.30, I was knocked out. I woke up, it was 2 o'clock. You know, sometimes my, my body just shuts down on me, and I need to do a better job of getting rest and not trying to be out doing everything, trying to help other people do stuff and take care of myself. So that's something that I need to improve big time. 
And uh, so Info105 chimed in and said, I am thankful to be invited to a Thanksgiving celebration by distant cousins that happen to be Hispanic, and most of them I haven't met. They said they want to show me how it's really thrown down. Oh, hell, it's going to be a blast. Okay. So um, let's talk about, well, you know what, before we get to family, let me ask just one more question about the holiday, and that's an easy question. Uh, Crystal, what are some of your favorite holiday foods? Well, I guess that would be mainly the traditional stuff, but I love I love my turkey because um, I think I do a pretty good job making it. It's pretty simple. Uh, I love uh, my sweet potato pies. Um, Pat and the bell? Even <laughs> I know, even with Darlene Oh, my uh, Anyway, but yeah, I love my... That dude sounded just like Pat LaBelle, though, in that video, didn't he? The guy that was debuting the pies? I never I never watched it, that you video. You never watched that? it? No. That dude, if you close your eyes, he was Pat LaBelle. Oh, I, God. He, I see. He hit the high note. The more the I hear about him, the less I want to watch it. But Oh, you've got to see it, <laughs> You've got to see yeah. it. That guy's going to wind up on, on uh, somebody's TV show. Yeah, I'm sure he will. But I'm sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, yeah, like I said, my turkey and my sweet potato pies. Um, very good. So. All right. Buck, what's your favorite holiday food, bro? Man, this is all good, you ask me. But um, I don't know, man. I mean... A lot of people like to, you know, I like turkey. I'm fine with that. I'm actually going to attempt to brine one if uh, if I buy a turkey tomorrow. Um, I'm actually going to brine, brine one. That's going to be kind of cool. Um, but um, I like ham, too. Ham ham is always good uh, for the holidays. Um, I've had a turkey one time, and that was that was kind of interesting. Um, a what? Just a turkey. Turkey, duck, and chicken stuffed into each other. Definitely each other. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was... Actually, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. I was was impressed. I didn't think... You know, I'm not... You know, I didn't think it was going to taste all that great. You know, the chicken and the turkey, I'm good with. But the duck, I wasn't so much on. But actually, all three of them together are not not too bad. This is something that John Madden kind of started back when he was announcing football back in the day. And, yeah. You know, he had, he'd give it to the football player. So I um, had a friend of mine one time come by, and he actually brought one with him. And uh, we had enough food to feed an army. And he said, I bought a Tadukin over. And I'm like, you know, them things ain't cheap either. I think a Tadukin was around about five or $600 at that time. Oh, really? I don't know what they are now, but, yeah, they pretty expensive. Mm-hmm. I mean, three different meats. But he had it prepared. So if you have it prepared and you don't make it yourself, of course it's going to be expensive. But um, it was definitely something different, and um, it wasn't it wasn't too bad. But uh, you know, turkey and ham, pretty much. You know, you got to have your green bean casserole, mashed potatoes, potato salad. You know, throw some black eyed peas off in there, regular salad. You know, there's going to be you know, all of that's really good. So, but the way you cook it also. You know, can give it. You know, instead of having a traditional turkey, you can always add your own little flair to it, and that's why I want to brine one this year just to try it out and see how it works. Okay. Let's see. In the chat room, Outer Space Boy said the worst food is Grandma's fruit cake. 
Oh, man, that's messed up. Info 105 said, key lime pie I make from scratch. Oh, man, let me tell you. Key lime pie is, like, the best. I did not get, I did not have my first slice of key lime pie until, yeah, I was 30 years old. But uh, I seek it out every time I want a dessert at a restaurant. I love key lime pie. But uh, I'm not really, like, much for holiday food. Um, but I guess if I just had to pick something, uh, fried turkey is amazing. I don't get it often, but fried turkey is amazing. And I'll keep it simple. Macaroni and cheese? I mean, baked macaroni and cheese, not the kind of, like, the Kraft Velveeta. Uh-uh. I'm talking baked macaroni and cheese. I'm putting it in the stove that has some thickness to it. you got to cut it like a cake. That's the type of macaroni and cheese I'm talking about. But uh, those are awesome, but. Crystal, let's talk about family. Okay. Now, you know, this time of the year, family comes together. Sometimes you go there. Sometimes they come to you. And you see people you haven't seen in a long time. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. Do you have a relative or two that you're not always happy to see during Thanksgiving? And and how do you handle them? Well, for me, I'm lucky because uh, my family doesn't live here. So, no, I don't have anybody I want to see because I don't have to see them. Um, I um, I have my my kids that come. Some, you know, their friends come by. You know, you see the you know people I haven't seen for a while. So it's all good. It's all great. You know, this is my favorite time of the year regarding that concern. But um, you know, I have thought about like traveling to see. Uh, some families that, you know, we've kind of spread across or whatever. And the more I think about it, when you get closer to the time to go, the less I want to go because I don't want, I don't want that time to be a bad time. In other words, I don't want, like, to listen to someone arguing about this or listen to, you know, all that shit. I can't stand it. So I'm like, why am I wasting my, wasting my money? Uh-huh. traveling or going somewhere just to sit around people who I'm, you know, either I'm arguing with or they're arguing with somebody else. or Like, what is that? I was like, you know, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm way in Michigan. <laughs> because, you know, I get away from all that. So so that's how I dealt with it. I moved. <laughs> <laughs> that's one way to do it. And, Buck, what about you, man? Well, I mean, any I'm, family that you you have to deal with, uh, put up with. I don't have any. Well, my family lives in, lives in Mississippi originally, so um, you know I miss my family, but they were just here, so they all came down, you know, about a month ago. So um, it's just that uh, you know, for me, um, I wish I was actually going home for the you know for the holidays, but you know when I was. Um, when I lived at home, the one person that I did not want to see um, during the holidays was my Aunt Eva because she seems like she was like one of my grandmother's sisters, and she seemed like the one that I always kind of liked was a little bit, you know, she was the one that was on the edge or, you know, the one that always caused a little mischief between her and, and my grandmother and stuff. And it was always kind of funny because sometimes my grandmother's other sister, Aunt Rosie, would come, 
And Aunt Lizzie always lived in town too. So when all four of them got together, and he was the one that always caused always caused problems, be kind of like a whiny baby, kind of like. And Aunt Rosie was the one that was always the funniest because she would always talk about her. So you didn't want to see Aunt Eva at that time. You know, it was best for Aunt Eva to be there by her, you know, just with grandmother and not with the other two because the, all three of them would actually end up ganging up on her. So it was kind of funny to see that, you know, especially from old people because you figure you grow out of that after a while. But Aunt Rosie would always kind of be the instigator. So it was kind of funny. But. You didn't want to see her during the holidays. I'll put it that way. Okay. Now, uh, on my father's side, we uh, they didn't have too many like get-togethers, and so you go to visit each person's house, like you know, my grandmother or my great uncles at the time, but they didn't really do anything together. My mom's side, um, you know, it was basically at her house, and. Uh, it was fairly simple, and there was never really any trouble or anything. Uh, you know, my, I have some crazy uncles, but, you know, no one was ever belligerent or got drunk or, or something of that nature to cause any type of problems. Now, the only problem I ever had during the holiday that wasn't Thanksgiving, it was actually Christmas. Um, Christmas Eve, there was this guy that shows up around 4 or 5 o'clock on Christmas Eve. Now, I'm about eight or nine years old, I guess. And he shows up with his wife and his three kids. Now, he's not even related to us. He's related to um, my aunt who married into the family. So he's not blood. He's my aunt's uh, brother or something who married into the family. This guy shows up traveling somewhere. I have no idea where he's going, coming from Alabama, and decides that he wants to stay the night with us on Christmas Eve. And let me tell you, as an eight- or nine-year-old, you have not had your patience tested until you've had to share your Christmas toys with three strange kids that you don't know. It was just, the whole thing was just awkward. This guy showing up with his family on Christmas Eve, I guess my mom, you know, decided they'll let him stay, and they're, you know eating up a holiday food, and I can't sleep in my own bed and everything. And I'm tripping because I'm like, look, I don't want Santa Claus to miss the house thinking he got the wrong place because these strangers are in my house. You know, I'm nine years old and everything. And it just, I don't know, it just really bothered me that they kind of just showed up like that. And then they came back the next year. But my father told my mama it wasn't happening, that they had to keep it moving, so. But other than that, never had any problem out of family. But for those who do, it has to be really difficult because you got to sit there and try to be cordial and enjoy yourself. But you know there could be someone sitting on the opposite side of the table that you just don't like. I mean, so, Crystal, what advice would you give to them? Do you try to, whatever's bothering you, is that the time to try to hash it out? Or once you already get there face-to-face, you just say, you know what, I'm going to stay out of your way, you stay out of my way. And we just try to enjoy ourselves the best we can. Oh my gosh, this is what I'm talking about. You know, I mean, you hope that you can do that to say, you know, and I'm quick to say, you know, leave me alone. You know, if you know what's good for you, you know, just let it lie. You know, basically. Um, but you know, when it when I'm around family. 
um, a lot of times, number one, I'm drunk, you know. And um, <laughs> number one. You're the you drunk, know, okay. Oh, I'm not a drunk. I am intoxicated, okay, because yeah. I can't deal with people sober, okay. But no, I'm, I'm not like a, you know, I'm not one of those kind of knockdown, yes, you know, disgusting drunk. But, um, but yeah, I'm the real me at that point, okay. So, you know, the best thing to do is leave me alone. So I try to, to diffuse, and I'm not one to just start arguments for no reason, um, because I don't like making a scene, you know, and I hate people who do that, especially when everybody's trying to have a good time. You know, this yeah. is a time and place for everything, you know. I mean, it's one thing is me... I guess in the younger crowd, and we're just hanging out during um, the holidays or whatever, if we were, like, together doing something, that's one thing. But we're at dinner, so that means, you know, that the whole family is there, from, you know, your grandmother or whatever down to the little kids. I mean, then why are you going to make a scene in front of everybody, you know? And so, but, you know, see, something like that, it starts small, but it'll go back because anytime you're in a, in a room with your family, and this is the perfect time, is the holidays and a funeral. So this is the one time that you're all together. So you have to bring up stuff that happened like 20 years ago because it was never talked about, it was never resolved. So it goes from whatever they were talking about in the first place back to something that you did when you were five or whatever. So it just go, it just blows out of proportion, and I don't know what it is, and that's why I live in Michigan. <laughs> okay. All right. Let me um, take a quick commercial break, and I got another caller to bring on. Um, so come right back after a word from myhebrewroots.net. Then try all your be real. That's the better deal with them Hebrew roots. You probably don't have a clue, but it's true. It's what they do. Keeping your hair healthy with care. Watching other people stare. That's the glare. Getting rid of that dandruff. When your hair gets rough, they know when it's tough. I ain't gonna bluff. You gotta stay enough. Is enough with 12 different type of try oils. So quit acting like you ain't got no type. Follow the Hebrews right, cause the Hebrews nice tonight. Uh. My thanks to MyHebrewRoots.net for being a sponsor of the Talk to Q Radio Show. I just like listening to that. It just gets me kind of hype. All right, to the phone lines, I go to the 601 area code coming by way of um, the Crescent City of New Orleans. And welcome Lady T to the show. Lady T, what's going on? Hey, how are you? I'm doing well. And glad to have you on. I'll throw the question to you before we get to the next question. Um, how do you deal with family that you may not be all that happy to see when it comes to Thanksgiving dinner? Um, I guess now I would, I'm not in that situation now when I was younger. I felt that way. But if that situation occurred now, if I saw family members whom I just wasn't all that thrilled to see or anything like that, you know, I guess, you know, life is just short. We're grown. Let's just have a good time and 
you know, but I have a I have a time in my head when I'm ready to bounce. So, you know, I always be cordial and you know, make nice and you know, make pleasantries and things like that, but you know, me, I'm not a person I don't want to just like hang around for hours and hours and hours and and everything. So, like I said, I come, I show up somewhere with a time in my head when I'm ready to go. So, and I stick to that plan mentally, but um, I don't know. It's just, I heard a little bit of what Crystal was saying, but I can remember growing up and every, a lot of family functions, not on my mom's side, you know, but, you know, some some arguments ensued on mom's side, just a little bit, but I, I can remember seeing knockdown, drag out fights on my dad's side at almost every family function. People just sloppy, drunk, fights breaking out, folks getting cussed out and calling each other names that I never knew existed. I mean, just all kinds of things happening. And then everybody be all right at the next family function until the drama broke out again. But, you know, I just I don't understand why people would do that now that I'm older, but you know, but things happen, but I just wouldn't, as soon as drama break out, if if, that, if I was in that situation today, it would be time to go. It really would. It would just, because I don't want to be around, it's too much negativity and foolishness going on in the world today for people to even want to act like that. I think people should be at a point in their lives where they should cherish their family, even if it's the ones that they may not call or talk to all the time, but, you know, it's just too much going on in the world to want to create a negative environment on such a special day as a holiday. So I just don't think that should that's just necessary. And I agree. It's not necessary at all, but it seems to happen at times. Yeah. And so Crystal, all right, you know, what if you have the overbearing older relatives who question the fact that you're single? You know, you show up at Thanksgiving without a date um, I mean, how do you handle family members who kind of single shame you, I guess, at Thanksgiving? Well, I mean, really, well, you got to put me in. That was Crystal. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Crystal. Sorry. No. Sorry, Crystal. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, well, I was an older person who says that and acting and acting a fool. I just tell them, well, I'm a lesbian. I thought you guys knew. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. I mean, yeah. Hey, come on. I didn't see that coming. But you can see it. I'll be like, look, how long has it been? I mean, and look at these fools that I've been with. You know, it's like, of course I'm single. I mean, unfortunately, I'm heterosexual. So, you know, it's so funny on the other side. That's twice. I'm I'm not attracted to women. Um, so unfortunately, that means I'm shit out of luck. <laughs> I can't stand y'all motherfuckers and shit. I guess my girl just has to be my girl, and that's it. And so, so I'm here. Here it is. But anyway, nah, I went. Uh, uh-uh. ain't no better than answering no questions like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't need to. And you were saying about. Yeah, I mean, you got to put them in that place. You can't let somebody come to your table and, and uh, you know, expect whether it be family members or whatnot and just disrespect you, and, you know, especially after you 
worked hard to put that meal on the table and stuff like that. I put them in a place for somebody to do that. I don't like nobody climbing at the table for the most part anyway. But if you're going to do it over a special, you know, during the holiday time or something like that, I don't care if it's Halloween, you know. And we all having to sit down. We all sitting there having a good time and eating. I don't, you know, and you don't call me out my name or something like that. I'm gonna, I ain't going to call you off to the side. I'm going to give it right back to you. Okay. You want to chime in, Lady T? The, for the most part, the questions that I've been asked in the past have been whatever happened to so-and-so to ask. And I don't like those kind of questions because my thing is, if they aren't here, that must mean I'm not with them. So why why the hell are you asking me about so-and-so or somebody you saw me with two or three years ago or whatever? So I don't like those kinds of questions because it's just, mm-hmm. it's just not the right setting to bring that up. And then... But more so than that, the questions I get now that I have to de- so-called defend myself against is why I don't eat pork anymore. Uh, and I'm, I'm thinking, okay, evidently you don't know me if you if you're finding out that I just don't eat pork. That I've, you know, that I haven't just stopped eating pork. But you know, and that may not be a big deal to some people, but family members can become overbearing with that because, you know, everybody thinks their cooking skills is on fleek, like these young people say, and you, you can really offend people by not eating their dish, so, but it doesn't have anything to do with, I think your dish is nasty, it's just, I don't eat what you put in it, so, I mean, family members can ask, they get really personal during holiday time, I don't know if that's some sort of unwritten rule, at the family holiday table where you can just really deep dive into people's personal business, I don't make it a point to ask people about their personal business, family or no family. You know, hey, how you doing? If you're in school, how you doing in school? How's your job? Whatever. But if I don't see your husband there, I'm not about to ask you where's your husband. If I if I see you with a baby that's not for your wife, I'm not about to ask you where that baby comes from. I, you know, the baby's right. cool and I just keep it moving. So, because, I mean, if the side chick lets you bring her, then that's on y'all. I don't have anything to do with that. But people really, really, at holiday time, they really make it a point to get in your personal business. And I don't know if it has anything to do with, well, this is my house or this is my mama house, so I'm going to ask you whatever I want type deal. But, you know, I guess the beauty of being grown is and having your own vehicles that you can always pick up your keys and go to Cracker Barrel, I guess, and eat their, you know, turkey and dressing if the conversation gets too uncomfortable, but I don't know, people That's will true. ask you, yeah, family will ask you all kinds of personal questions. And because I know last year I went to Houston by my um, dad and our relatives on that side, and I got bombarded with a lot of personal questions, and some of them I just ducked off outside or I went by the children or whatever because, and then, you know, you don't want to get to a point because I, I don't ever want to disrespect my older relatives, but I need y'all to understand that I'm not the same 10-year-old anymore. Y'all y'all got to back up. You know, you got to back up just to take. So, you know, it's a line between, you know, I don't want to be disrespectful to my older aunts and uncles, but y'all are getting a little bit intrusive. So you mm-hmm. just got to know how to tactfully, you know, let people tell people they need to back up. But y'all should just do what I do. When people ask me what happened to my ex, I'm like, man, first the police, now y'all asking me. That human gets right by. <laughs> Let me go to the 
601 area code in Magnolia State of Mississippi. They bring on the Minister of Sexual Affairs, Eminem. What's happening, man? Oh, my God. He has a new title. <laughs> what up, you? What up, Radio World? Yeah, one of our listeners dubbed him the Minister of Sexual Affairs. And Eminem, do you prefer to have Thanksgiving dinner at the same place every year, like everyone shows up at Big Mama's house or something, or do you like it when it rotates to different people's homes? Um, well, it 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 really doesn't really matter, uh, because uh, the type of dude I am, you know, what I'm saying, you know, my primary focus is eating anyway. But uh, you know, but uh. But it's cool if it, you know, if it rotates, depending on what kind of tradition people got. But uh, uh, now, growing up, uh, where I grew up at, my father's home is on one side of the Pearl River. My mother's home is on the other side of the Pearl River. So pretty much, you know, we saw everybody the same day anyway. So it was never really like a go here, go there. But now, after being grown, you know, it's not the you know it's not such a big deal. You know, I don't always go back to my parents' house, but they pretty much do the traditional thing. So that's where the most traditional Thanksgiving thing is at. But a lot of times, we you know we do stuff here and stuff like that. But uh, it really don't uh, it really don't matter that much uh, unless something is just really different. Now, when something is really really different, then uh, for somebody in a situation when something is super different well yeah it, it kind of makes a difference because if you are kind of accustomed to traditional things and rituals and all this kind of stuff and somebody else is a polar opposite well you know that can kind of get awkward over a period of time especially if you don't rotate because if you don't rotate then you're going to start missing the stuff to make you you and the shit you like you know what i'm saying so right okay but you know and Crystal, what do you uh, think? Man, I wish I could answer the one about the, the awkward stuff. Oh, real, make it quick for me. <laughs> well, I, it was gonna be real quick. It ain't no awkward question for me because, like I say, Uh-oh. you know, you, you got the conductor, and you got the caboose. If you the conductor, you know, you you the one talking the most shit anyway, so nobody else really can't get a word in. So, so if something start being crazy, you know, then you just kind of throw the conversation, you know. Okay. Simple enough. And, Crystal, what do you think about um, as far as the location of Thanksgiving dinner? Is it cool to just have it in one place every year, or should it rotate rotate and everyone do their share? No. um, When I was growing up, we always had it at one place. Um, And that is, you know, my grandmother's house, and that's where everything, all the family came together and no we didn't rotate it and I guess it really would depend on the situation but um, I don't know I mean I guess if you like if you have like two families like you have like your husband's family your your family or whatever then you have to do that sometimes um, until it becomes your house so and for you know like for me now I mean it's you know it's my house so that's that's where people come. But I don't know, I never had that situation happen where we rotated. Mm-hmm. I mean I've I have um had situations where like with my um a daughter's father when he was in the picture, um 
we went to his mother's house, which because of you know huge family, so that I was basically dropping her off over there. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I mean, I like to go where I'm comfortable. So um, and I go where my family and friends are, as opposed to others. But you, that's what you have to do. You have to compromise when you're, you know, with other people in a relationship or whatever. But um, I don't know. I guess it depends on the family. I guess whatever works. But for me, I like one place personally. I like okay. I like one place. I'm on Facebook. Bernard chimed in and he says, "Go to the biggest place." And I mean that makes sense. Go to someone that has the most space. To me, I say go to the best cook. That's where it needs to be every year. Right. You don't want someone to you don't want someone to host it and they can't cook. That's the problem. Right. So, all right. Uh, well, Buck, let's let's move along to let's move past Thanksgiving. All right. Now we're talking about Black Friday. And uh, no, it's not a holiday for Black people. Uh, but when do you start your holiday shopping? Does it start on Black Friday? Start before Black Friday. Um, I actually try to start it. Um, I try to start it like in July and August. I go ahead and get a feel of what you know what my kids want and whatnot. And at that point, when December rolls around, you don't have to sit there and you know you don't have to wait. You know, you already have that, and then that way you can buy gift for your significant other, you know, and buy something nice. You, you know, for me, it's all about, you know, being ahead of the game. So that's why I try to buy a lot of the gifts that, you know, I have when during the summer months, you know, for the kids. And then, you know, as December rolls around, you, you just, you know, you can not live in fear. You can just kind of roll with it because you've got plenty of money and you already got everybody else's stuff bought. Okay. Uh, Lady T, what about you? When does your shopping start? Oh, wow. I wish I was as disciplined as Buck is, um, but I just can't do it. I'm not there yet. But I usually, honestly, I don't start shopping until December. You know, early on in December, um, I don't do Black Friday shopping. I don't like, I've never been the kind of person that likes big, big crowd shopping, you know, like sales tax weekend and, and Black Friday, Right. that messes me up. I don't, and I understand some people say they get some really good deals. First of all, I don't want to be up there early in the morning. I don't want to be fighting through any clouds or whatever. That's just not me. Um, I, I can't do it. I cannot do it at all. There'll be deals somewhere else some of the time, but... Usually I start I start in the early part of December and but I already have an idea in my head of where I'm going to get people and what I do is I'll have a theme um for like aunts and, and you know, special people like friends or people at church out like last year my theme was buy throw blankets. You know, women usually like things like that. So, and I think this year my theme is going to, and my mom got a throw blanket too, but that was one of her gifts. But, you know, I think it makes it easier if I have ideas in my head or if I write stuff down as opposed to just walking to, in some store blind, not knowing what I'm going to get people. I'm not going to do that, but I will wait until December to get everything together um have the ideas in my head and then I can go and pick and get what I want. But I already know what I'm getting. But I can't do that Black Friday thing to each his own, but I can't do it. Okay. Info 105 asks from the chat room, do you like online? 
uh, shopping? Yes, I absolutely love online shopping. Um, last year, maybe about ninety percent of the gifts I bought for my daughters were on were online via Amazon. I am a Prime member. I love Amazon Prime. Amazon is like the best thing since sliced bread to me. But um, and if they had a brick and mortar, I probably would be disappointed. <laughs> but it's just I really do like online shopping. It's convenient. And, you know, for the most part, I do trust it. I make sure that I um, online shop safely, you know, with secure sites and things of that nature. But And I try to do it in enough time. I don't want to be cutting it close, like ordering something on the 23rd of December, praying it gets here on Christmas yeah. Eve before, um, before noon or whatever. No, I don't do it that close. But, yeah, I do like online shopping a lot. It, it makes life a lot easier, it does. Yeah, that's mainly what I use as well. And my goal usually every year is to try to have my shopping done before Eminem's art show. Now, Eminem's art show is the first Saturday um, of every December, right, Eminem? Or is it the first one? Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he usually works out like that. Yeah. Yeah, so normally if I'm done by his art show, then I'm good. You know, maybe there are a couple of things you pick up for, like, a coworker or something like that. For mm-hmm. some game you're playing yeah. at work after the fact, but as far as the people that I really care about, I'm gonna try to have their stuff done that first week after uh, Cyber Monday if I can help it. And yeah. Amazon, my best friend as well. Um, but uh, real quick, as far as your art show, Eminem goes, why don't you go ahead and plug that right quick? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. Next Saturday, man. Uh, probably the biggest show I ever had. You know, saying. Come out and and uh, see some original shit. You know what I'm saying, and you know just have a good time. And uh, you know, see like my stuff is like, I I I I love seeing people look at my shit. You know what I'm saying. So, and I got an ego like that, and you know, and you know I'm a socialite and all that too. So it's like I'm celebrating myself and 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 you know and and shit out my head too. You know, so matter of fact, I'm working on some crazy shit right now, but um. Uh, but yeah, man, you know, y'all come out December the fifth. Free lunch, the playhouse, grill. All right, Thanks keep it real, baby. But uh, but yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, you always, you always show me love. You know, Q, you done came to about what? So this is my show number thirteen, but I know you done been to at least ten of them. I only, I only recall missing one when I had my knee surgery. Yeah. And I can't get yeah. out of the house. So that's why I say at least ten. I think it might have been all of them. But uh but uh and uh and, and Lady T if you could come out if you can make it, um, you know what I'm saying, drop in. Yeah, you know? I plan on I plan on it. I plan on coming out there. Yeah, yeah. So mm. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, um, Eminem, will you participate in Black Friday this week? Yeah, if it's if it's uh if it's, if it's in the parking lot, that's, you know, um, you know, because, you know, a lot of times, you know, before people start selling knockoffs and stuff, you used to get some good deals around Black Friday, you know, but uh, but now, mm, now I don't really deal with it too much now. I'm more of a, I'm more of a, I've been an eBay junkie like the last decade, so. I'm sorry, what, you know, eBay? Yeah, eBay. Uh-huh. That's like saying MySpace. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> it, 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 
Hey, now don't get me wrong. Now I, I mess with Amazon a little bit, but but see one thing about eBay, you still got people doing some. All you got people on drugs out there. You got people doing illegal oh, shit out no. there. So you can get some deals sometimes, but you're never gonna get nowhere. Matter of fact, <laughs> I remember a dude had uh, sent me a direct message back when I had a deal, uh, right? This motherfucker had a whole Cadillac broke down to the T. He showed me screenshots of everything, but I, I knew what it was. And I ain't really replied to it because I was shocked like that. Like that's a that's a chop shop. So either that's the feds trying to see who buying into this stuff or whatever. I never really replied to him, but I was like, that was some cool the way he did that. But uh, you don't get that on Amazon. Amazon is is a great business and it's legit. <laughs> trust me. You know. No doubt. You know. All right. Well, um, Crystal, back to you. Crystal, you know, football fans would get a heavy dose of football this holiday weekend. But for those not into sports, um, is there anything you'll watch this weekend? Do you have, like, a Thanksgiving holiday movie menu or anything? Well, usually on uh, Thanksgiving, for some reason, uh, we always watch uh, Claudine. Who? (laughs) I don't know why. Um. And my daughter really loves that movie, and we watch it. Uh, or, of course, you know, Lions football is always on. So I have to watch that as well. <laughs> they may win. Uh-huh. You never know. It could happen. They won uh-huh. the last two games, so they may, you know. True. They win tomorrow. But, uh, or Thursday. But anyway, yeah, just that kind of stuff is usually on. I'm usually in the kitchen all day, and I'll have, like, you know, the parade on in the morning, the different ones. I go to switch back and forth from the local to New York. Um, and then, of course, then the game. And then when we sit down, usually it's uh, either the game or afterwards we'll watch, you know, Claudine or, some, or one of the older movies like that. I like watching the older movies on, on Thanksgiving and stuff like that. Okay. All right. Just thought I'd ask you. I know you're not as in the, the sports as everyone else. I know you're a watch, but I know you're not like into it like everyone else. But, uh, Buck, let me ask you this. When does Christmas season start for you, Buck? Because, you know, I started seeing holiday commercials in late October. You have some people that put up their tree November 1st. When does Christmas start for you, Christmas season? December the 1st. Simply because, I mean, I don't. I may buy gifts early, but that doesn't mean I want to put my tree up or put Christmas lights out because I got a, I have an assortment of Christmas stuff that I put out every year, indoors and out. But um, the thing is, you know, for me, uh, December the 1st, I think, you know, if you put things up around then, that's good for me. You know, and uh, you know, I usually start decorating on the 1st because it usually takes me a week to get everything up, so... You know, so I try to, you know, I would say December the 1st, not, not, not you know, I understand when family comes in and you want to put the tree up together because a lot of people put their trees up Thanksgiving, you know, after they get finished with a meal or something like that. So, I, you know, I've seen families, you know, they decorate the Christmas tree at that time because they probably won't be home Christmas, and that's why they put the tree up. So on an instance like that, I can see that, but. You know, for me, it'll be just December the first. That's when I go full, you know, full board. That okay. Right, Lady T, what about you? I mean, I I heard the Temptations singing Silent Night on Veterans Day. 
a couple of weeks That's ago. Ridiculous. I mean, when does it start for you? Honestly, Thanksgiving is my absolute favorite holiday. I love Christmas time, don't get me wrong, but Thanksgiving is very special to me. Um, I love the Thanksgiving Day Parade. The whole holiday will be thrown off if I couldn't watch the parade while I'm in the kitchen cooking. It's just been a tradition all my life. Um, But Christmas actually starts pretty much, I would say, unofficially Thanksgiving night. Literally that night, maybe around nine o'clock, and officially the next morning, the day after Thanksgiving. Growing up, we would put our tree up Thanksgiving night, but I'm not I'm not putting my tree up until Friday or Saturday. That's I ha- we have to get to Thanksgiving first. We have to. I just feel like you can't disrespect Thanksgiving like that. Um, because and you're right. I've heard I've been hearing um, Christmas music for weeks. Um, I've been seeing commercials. The dollar stores and everywhere has been. They've been having their marquees and displays of Christmas ornaments and things for weeks. Probably, I've seen some intertwined with ha- with Halloween decorations. So, but Christmas starts right after Thanksgiving. You have to get to Thanksgiving first. Now, some of my coworkers already have their trees up. And everything, but I mean, you know, to each his own. But for me, I have to get through Thanksgiving first. It starts right after Thanksgiving. Okay, all right. Uh, let's see. Info one hundred and five says November six for me, a month before Hanukkah, and goes all the way into the last drink on New Year's night. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. Uh, I asked on Facebook when you do your holiday shopping. And Dre in Tampa time, Dan, it said December 24th. That dude's a fool. December 24th. That's so trite. And, um, but now I just think that, uh, I I I do a lot of mine on the 24th for the folks that's getting gift cards, you know, because, man, I just go to the Walgreens by the crib and shit, just hit that little spinning thing they got and, you know. Because that's called whatever money is left, and I want to get somebody a gift. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then get this Walgreens gift card, but. Yeah, they got all kind of shit up in there, you know, Foot Locker and, you know, they do. I've bought many a gift cards from Walgreens before. Mm. Many. I don't know. For me, I don't think um, Christmas starts for me until Black Friday. Uh, that's when it feels real. And, uh,. You know, it's a little cooler in the air. I mean, if it's 80-something degrees, don't, don't don't talk to me about no Christmas. For those people yeah, who celebrate in October and everything, that's mm-hmm. ridiculous. But when it gets a little cooler and it's after, you know, when Black Friday comes in, then I, I'm kind of like, you know, okay, now it's Christmas time. Uh, I'm not much yeah. for decorations now because I am, like, really debating on if I'm even going to do a tree or not this year. So, uh, Wow. I, I, it's something that I did, like, I guess in my 20s, it was kind of a cool thing to do. When I first moved out, I wanted to do it on my own. But now, I mean, you know, I don't have any kids, so it's almost like, you know, what am I putting it up for? Ain't nobody going to see it. So, uh, I don't know. So, I, I don't know if I'll do it. I might throw a wreath or something on the door and leave it at that. But I do feel like, you know, Christmas time does start like on Black Friday and everything. So, all right, well, last question on this topic. 
and this is something for all of the working people out there who have to go to work tomorrow. What's more painful, and Crystal, I'll ask you first, what's more painful, Crystal, watching the clock tomorrow waiting to start Thanksgiving or coming back to work that Monday morning after Thanksgiving weekend? Watching the clock. Because for me, this year, um, I started a new job, so therefore I don't have any time to take off. And I've been, you know, really upset about this because usually I'm off at least half a day on the Wednesday and definitely not on Friday um, because I got shit to do. I mean, I have to work. And it takes me, I got to start, you know, well, actually, I should have been starting today cooking some of the desserts. But usually I cook the desserts on um, Wednesday. So I, I need to get that done and get, you know, all this stuff out of my oven, you know. And then I can start my turkey but um, that night. But anyways, and then I have to go to the store. It's just too much just to do. I need Wednesday off because I need to prepare. So, yeah, so that's why I'm watching the clock. Now, Monday, going back on Monday, that's not a big deal. I mean, it's like it's over, you know, whatever. <laughs> so. Buck, what about you? What's the hardest thing to do, waiting on 5 o'clock the day before Thanksgiving or coming back that Monday morning after Thanksgiving weekend? Waiting on the clock, you know, before, you know, because, you know, typically, you know, I have, you know, all those days off. So, and uh, it's, you know, watching that clock because it's the anticipation of, you know, if you have family coming in or you got, you know, significant other that, you know, that you're going to have or you're doing something special on that day. Um, or if you have big plans for, the th- you know, the Thanksgiving holiday weekend, because typically for a lot of people, you know, it's it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I mean, it, you know, so it's it's four-day weekend. So, you know, it's the anticipation of getting off at 5 o'clock for me. For me, um, it would be, seriously, it was watching the clock today because I'm not working tomorrow. I refuse to work the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. And I understand, like Crystal said, in the event that you start a new job and you don't have the time, then that's something different. But I don't know, at this stage in my life and my career, I'm not going back to working on holidays or even the day before. So today was literally my last day and around noon I hadn't I had mentally checked out. Seriously. I'm thinking about everything I have to do today. So I had a couple of meetings today after lunch and my manager who's she's maybe about six months new to our firm and she says, Hey, after your three o'clock meeting you wanna brainstorm with me I'm thinking to myself who has a brain after 3 o'clock the day before they leave for a holiday? I don't want to brainstorm with you about anything. That's going to have to wait until Monday because, seriously, I had mentally checked out. I mean, that's just my M.O. There's, not, there's nothing else to do that cannot wait until Monday. I'm good after the, the Monday after the holiday, um, especially since, you know, Thanksgiving is on a Thursday night. Thanksgiving was on a Sunday, and I had to return to work on a Monday, and that would be really difficult. But now I'm I'm pretty much good. Um, Monday morning, I don't want any more leftovers, you know, anything like that. So I'm good. But it's that time right before the holiday because, like Christmas said, there's so much to do. You have a whole laundry list of things 
And that Wednesday before Thanksgiving is not really a free day, especially for women. You know, we're in the stores all day. We're, we have this long to-do list, and, and that's an all-nighter for us. So it's pretty right. difficult to be wor- working eight hours a day the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. And I just don't understand how people do it if they don't have to. But yeah, it's horrible. This is the first time I've had to do this in almost over a decade or more, and I'm just, like, tripping. But, hey, I'm glad I'm working. But, God wow. damn it, don't even talk to me tomorrow. Don't even talk. But and I do have wow. things to do tomorrow. It's so funny. I do have um, an appointment later on in the afternoon, and I'm like, oh, God damn it. But, hey, <laughs> you're going to get what you're going to get tomorrow. But, yeah. All gonna be, well, I'm going to take a lunch break, and I'm going to go and do some shopping. And then I'm going to mm-hmm. come back, and I'm like, okay. But anyway, anyway. But, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot to do. Yeah, it is a lot. Eminem? Oh, man. It's like uh, it's like pretty much what everybody else said, but I was just thinking how stuff used to be back in the day, man, back when, you know, it was still some sense of the American dream. You know, the day before <clears throat> Thanksgiving. I mean, not the day before Thanksgiving, but whenever you got off your job, that used to be like a universal bullshit day. I mean, the companies didn't give a fuck. I mean, everybody having a good time and, you know, some some dry-ass dressing they would have for everybody and shit. But now, you know, now everybody want to work your ass off and stuff. So, you know what I'm saying? It's no fun and nothing no more, you know. You said dry dressing. So, yeah. So, you know, like, you know how they get that shit in bulk and stuff and, you know, nah, you <laughs> know what I'm saying? But, uh, but see, like, now jobs... Whether it's corporate jobs, whether it's schools or whatever, nobody's nobody give a fuck about the employees at all. So it's just like now you actually dread the day before, uh, you know, the time you off. But but you know, back in the day, way back in the day, before most of us was born, they used to do it the right way. It's like okay, mm-hmm. man, we don't work the shit out of y'all all year. We don't treat you like shit. So let's all just <laughs> we gonna basically just pay you for nothing and for eight hours. Really six hours because they'll cut it short and let you go home and all that stuff, you know. And then you was kind of like in that relaxed mode before you got home. Now, shit, you know, it take you about two or three hours to calm down. You mad because you know because it's, it's just a regular day. It's not the day before you get off. Not just work. You know what I'm saying? It ain't like you just been, you know. Eh, for the few straight guys in the workplace left, you know, guys just standing back, you know. Whispering to each other, say, "Damn, man, you know, for the first time, now that you got a little lax time, you can really see, you know, <laughs> who looked like what and all that kind of shit." You know, I mean, just parlaying, man. Now, now this shit all, you know, the corporations they got it all messed up now, man. It's just like, you know, it's like, like man, you know, a nigga ain't been on a slave ship in four hundred years, so don't put me back on one now. You know what I'm saying? Shit. You know, chill. <laughs> well, I don't know. I think um, anticipation of something is worse than, you know, it's the worst thing to, to deal with, I think. And then I like Mondays. I'm one of the few people in the world who actually enjoys Mondays. Uh, I, I don't have a problem with coming back to work that Monday. I'd much rather. It's just more difficult watching the clock, I guess, the day before. When you know it's a short week, I mean, it starts on Monday, really. You're sitting there kind of counting down uh, to being disappointed, I guess, having to wait, especially when so many people are out of the office and things of that nature. So it just makes it that much 
more yeah. difficult. Well, now, I will say this, Q. If your job suck real bad, shit, Sunday at 6 o'clock, that's when you're like, damn, man. <laughs> It's real. Yeah, you start thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Um, let's see. There isn't going to be a show tomorrow, um, but next week, next Tuesday, um, have a discussion about how women aren't sweet and men don't protect. Basically, just talks about how you know at one time women were sweet and nurturing and. You know, did things to make a man feel like he can just jump over a building. Fast forward to 2015, and some women just don't do that anymore. They'll tear you down before anything. And then on the flip side, guys used to protect women. Uh, Not just their woman, but just women in general. And now we have guys who seek to victimize women, to take advantage of them, to, um, you know... (laughs) Take them down through there, you know, run, run their name through the mud, just whatever it takes to oh, make themselves look better. Mm-hmm. Man. So, so we'll oh, talk man, that's, about that's a, that's, that's a turn on the most of them, man. Then we'll talk about, and you know what? And to some modern people, <laughs> okay. it may be, but it went wrong somewhere. It mm-hmm. went wrong mm-hmm. somewhere, and things just got yeah. flipped upside down. Man. If, if a motherfucker got there being shivers and stuff, man, they'd be getting called weak and all kind of stuff. Shit. Gay. And you know, <laughs> but you know what, Eminem, and what's so funny about it, I've actually witnessed that. I've, I've actually witnessed some people talk about a guy because he was nice like that, and it's, it's unfortunate. But, I mean, like I said, it just kind of goes both ways, though. I mean, because yeah. you have... So like I said, you yeah, that's what happened to Tiger Woods. Until he, you know, tear guys down, and then you have some guys who just strictly out to take advantage of women. And I mean, it's just man, Joan Cleaver would probably have an aneurysm trying to see what's going on today. Her and oh Wood. yeah, so stuff is just backwards. So we'll get into that. I'm pretty sure that won't be controversial. Um, that's going to be Tuesday at. 10 p.m. Eastern on the Talk to Q Radio Show. No experts, just opinions. We'll get into final thoughts. Uh, you can also comment on something that has been trending on Facebook and uh, about Facebook has this, I guess, new algorithm that when you break up with someone, like you know how you're dating someone and it says you're in a relationship with this person on Facebook, when you break up with them, now the algorithm will, I guess, fade that person's status updates, kind of like fade them out so you don't have to see them as much and you don't have to come across, you know, your ex as much on their timeline and things of that nature. That so, is too much. I mean, I don't – some people think it's a good idea. Some people think it's just another way that Facebook, we kind of give them permission to overstep into our personal lives. Get and that's opinion, exactly what it is. Yeah, give your opinion on mm-hmm. if you think that's even necessary or not. Um, as far as having Facebook automatically fade your ex out of your existence. Uh, and also give your final thoughts just on, you know, the holiday discussion for this evening. And, Crystal, I'll start with you. All right, sorry. Um <clears throat> Well, first of all, you know, good show and everything. I hope you have a wonderful holiday. Um, 
And I hope you do put up a tree because everybody has to have a tree on Christmas. That's the way it is. Anyway, um, <laughs> regarding Facebook, um, actually, I think that app is not automatic. I think it's like you can choose it if you want. Um, okay. And the reasoning, um, <laughs> and, uh, when I heard about this, I was like, well, this is something that I actually ended up doing, and I think this is something that we do after we get a little like, why am I wanting to know what's going on in this motherfucker's life? Um, so, so what happened with me was that it was um, I had a breakup, and it, the breakup had happened like actually long before. So um, we had connected back after I guess everything cooled down, <laughs> and um, and it was okay for a while. But then after a while, I was like, I don't give a shit that you did this or that you made this comment on that. And why am I even, you know, and I was like, I, I can't take this. You know, I, so I just had to unfriend him. <laughs> you know, I said, I can't, I can't, I'm gone. So in essence, maybe, you know, Facebook and all their wisdom watch somebody go through this because I'm sure a lot of people do. Um, I said, hey, why don't we just put this together? So therefore, you don't have to come back later and say, hey, I'm sorry I unfriended you, but uh, can I be your friend again or something like that. Why don't I just phase it out a little bit? You don't see them. You kind of ghost them for a little bit, and then when you're ready, when you're better or whatever, and you don't care or whatever, and then, you know, you can come back to regular life again with them. But I, for me, I'm like, just unfriend them. Just let it go. It doesn't matter. You know? Isn't there an option to unfollow? Yeah, you can unfollow. You can unfollow. You, 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 yeah, right. without you unfriending them. Right, but I just unfriended. I'm like, fuck, I'm done. But um, <laughs> I didn't even go that far. I didn't research that that deeply, <laughs> you know. But um, but yeah, you can unfollow people. But still, you'll see them. You know, you might see them in their little stupid timeline. You might show up or something. So you know, I don't even want that. Okay, I don't, don't want to know. You do not exist anymore. You're dead to me. So, um, I, so I see the re- the reasoning behind that. So, but yeah, you don't have to do it. I don't think it's automatic. I think it's just like you know, once you, I, it'll probably pop up or something like when you change your, you know, Facebook from relationship to single or something or whatever, or maybe even complicated. Yeah, immature bullshit. That's what you should say. I'm in some immature bullshit right now. Uh, and and then you can just check, yeah, it pays them out or whatever. It's so stupid. It really is. But anyway, um, interesting uh, topic on that level. But um, I hope everyone has a great uh, Thanksgiving day and eat, eat, eat. Um, and guys, enjoy your football, why we women you know, create this wonderful meal that nobody will say thank you to. But um, and hopefully you won't have any arguments and that you'll drink good wine, which I will be drinking, doing my usual tradition of cooking my turkey, drinking my tequila, and dancing to old school in my kitchen. So I'll be doing that. So think of me doing that. <laughs> but anyway, great job. Thank you very much, and happy Thanksgiving to you, Crystal. Buck. Great show. 
it was good to hear, you know, everybody's input, you know, talking about, you know, the holidays and things of that nature. Um, it's, it's always, to me, this is my favorite time of year, uh, especially Christmas, um, something because, I mean, I, I like, unlike you, I like decorating. <laughs> you know, I, I kind of got the book when I was a kid and I was helping my mom doing bulletin boards. The only difference now is my house is the bulletin board. So I like I, I like getting into it and, uh, you know, decorating inside and out and making it look good and things of that nature. It's, it's, it's pretty awesome. Um, but, you know, for, as far as the holidays go, you know, try to prepare early, you know, start putting things back early, you know, so therefore when December come around, it'd be easier for you. That's my best advice, especially, you know, I buy – I used to have to buy for all three of my boys, and the two older ones are grown now, so it's easy. But Sean Jr. still, you know, still have to get stuff for him. So, you know, it's uh, a little bit easier these days. But, you know, when you got three, you got to prepare early and, you know, just kind of get an idea, get to buy the major gifts first. And then, you know, that way if you do have to buy something in December for the kids, get some stocking stuffers and things of that nature. It makes your life entirely easier um but also remember what the season's all about too i mean not just talking about thanksgiving you know you remember what the season is when we talk about christmas too so mm-hmm. but um but other than that great show as always and uh glad to be a part of it thank you sir happy thanksgiving to you lady T. Happy thanksgiving everybody hey um it feels really good to be back on the show. I know it's been a while. Sometimes I'm usually behind the scenes on behind the scenes on Twitter or Facebook, but it's really good to be back on the show. Especially feels the time of show talking about holidays. So um, I'm glad about that. And happy Thanksgiving to you all. And I hope you all have a great holiday season. As far as Facebook goes, I think it's very intrusive. Um, I don't like it. I just. I don't like it. I think Facebook needs to back up and let people be who they are and let them work all of that out for themselves. You know, if they want to regulate something, regulate those doggone sex offenders who are on there. Regulate um, ISIS and all of these other terrorists who are stalking people with the aims of seriously hurting them and killing them, Uh, things of that nature. Regulate, you know, some of those other threats and things like that. It's relationships and breakups, that's not, I mean, that'll never be regulated. Let, let people do that on their own. I mean, that's just my opinion. Um, like Sister said, let them unfriend. You know, unfriend, unfollow, whatever you need to do, but, you know, Facebook shouldn't try to be a counselor <laughs> to tell people that they need space and time to get over their breakup or whatever. I just think that's ludicrous. Also, um, and some other final thoughts. I was just watching the news, and it was just talking about um, the travel season and how ISIS has beefed up their threats to Americans who are traveling. And, you know, that's a cause of concern. You know, I'm not traveling this holiday season, but, you know, if I were, that probably would be something that I would seriously have to consider because, you know, ISIS isn't playing. You know, people haven't noticed a knock, and 
they aren't going away. So I think that people who are traveling this holiday season, they really need to be careful as much as they can, be diligent and vigilant when they're watching their surroundings and just don't take anything lightly. And that's why I say when, you know, when you were talking about people fighting and, and not getting along with their relatives during the holiday season, you know, in 2015, we have to think about stuff like ISIS. We didn't have to think about that 20 years ago. You know, the worst we had to think about was family members cussing each other out. But nowadays in this time, you don't know if that's the last holiday you're going to get to meet your family. And those people in Paris, God forbid, you know, it's it's just so much going on. I think people need to make every effort to love one another and get along while they still have each other, you know, and to remember, like Buck was saying, the real reason for the season, you know, I know people say every day should be a th- a day for Thanksgiving, and it should, but, you know, holidays should spark something extra special in you to an extent kind and to be compassionate and to think about everything that you're grateful for, grateful for in the, the days ahead. So those are my final thoughts. And like I said, I hope you all have a great Thanksgiving and be safe and be happy and just love on your people. All right. Thank you very much. You do the same. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Thank you. And Eminem. Oh man, great show. Um, it, this is a great time of year. This is like uh, I think the second or third day of Sagittarius officially. The greatest zodiac <laughs> it is. So. Oh Lord. So, so naturally, yeah. I'm feeling good. I don't want to even get started to that. <laughs> <laughs> So naturally, I'm feeling the vibe, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, that's what the holiday is for to be anyway, you know say so, You know, it's about, all about feeling the the vibe of, you know, of whatever, you know, you know whatever make you you, you know, as far as, like, you know, happiness and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, real good points about everything. Uh, like the I, – I really have a big problem with, with – I, I used to have a problem with Black Friday, but I kind of like even though I don't do it, I kind of like Black Friday now because it, there really isn't a Black Friday no more. I mean, most places open in like 4 o'clock Thursday and all that kind of shit, man. I'm just like, you know, Thanksgiving is as is, is, is fast as you can finish eating and shit. You know, yeah. so I don't... Walmart just announced that their Cyber Monday is starting Sunday night. Yeah, so, so you know, it's just like there's no significance when you don't relegated to that day, you know. But uh I think back in the the peak of Black Friday might have been uh some of the ladies probably know better than us. Uh what what y'all say, maybe the late nineties was the absolute max and then after that the internet kinda started picking up a few years later. But probably when everybody sure. pretty much had to go to the stores and all that shit, man, and you know. But uh and everything was like the earliest you heard of a place opening was five, sometimes maybe four AM but that was it, and and all of them kind of stuck to that, and, and it kind of gave this feeling of uh, for the people that was into it, you know that that made Black Friday the Black Friday. But now it's just like I'm starting an hour before you, I'm starting two hours before you, and now open on Thanksgiving, open at twelve on Thanksgiving. It's like it ain't Thanksgiving no more. So and uh, we ain't too far from Black Friday starting on Halloween. Right, right, right. So. Uh, you know, it was refreshing to, to you know, of course, they didn't, they were just being themselves, but, you know, 
but uh, but for the listeners out there, you know what I'm saying, you know, the ladies on here are very confident ladies, but listen to what they were saying. You know, they thinking about cooking and stuff, you know, because I know, you know, many shows we talk about different stuff, and I always bring up how a lot of, you know, modern-day women, you know, look at cooking as slavery and shit, and I don't understand where that shit come from. But so it's refreshing to, to you know, know that some, some women got some sense, you know, a few of them anyway, so... Uh, so it's good, you know, <laughs> y'all keep cooking and, you know, keep cooking and, you know, keep feeding your families and make everybody happy and shit, you know, you know, that's what, that's what, you know, that's what y'all are here for, to nurture, the nurture the world, you know what I'm saying? But, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of, a lot of people that claim to have knowledge itself don't understand, you know, what a woman's role is, but, you know, that's a whole nother show, but, uh, that's Tuesday but like show. I say, yeah, you know, but like I say, man, I just really, really just love this time of the year, you know. Uh, like I say, being in the Sagittarius, you know, it's Thanksgiving, you know, it's it's all about family. I know Lady T mentioned, you know, this shit with ISIS and all this stuff, but, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, you can't help but, you know, think about, you know, different people and traveling and all that. But, uh, but you know, but, uh, but I, I don't think... You know, none of us got too much to worry about because what's starting to happen, <laughs> what's really starting to happen is, you know, people starting to get tired. And when people start getting tired and then, you know, the people that's so-called getting hunted <laughs> going to be the one getting hunted, you know, this shit ain't going to feel good. So a lot of this shit going to slow down, you know. So because, uh, um, you know. Uh, I was kind of saving that for another show because I figured we were going to probably talk about it. But, you know, um, it's one of them things where uh, 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 a, a lot of things about America is being stereotyped wrong. You see what I'm saying? Because everybody on this phone is either close to an urban area or in an urban area or, or originally from an urban area, and we know how shit go. You know, Americans don't think like this politically correct stuff Obama says, you know, and all due respect to the president, he has to say the right stuff because that's his thing. He don't want to fuck around and start World War Three. But as the average American, you know, especially people that's of a different, you know, blacks and Hispanic, we understand how the shit go day to day. If you drive by here and shoot up my house and, and kill my mom and all this shit, well, guess what? Your mama next. You know, it ain't. It ain't personal, it's business. That's how the average ignorant nigga thinks. So you can keep blowing up shit all you want to. You start fucking around the wrong folks, man, you're going to fuck yourself up. So uh, that's, you know, so that's, I ain't want to get off on that, but Lady T kind of stirred it up a little bit. You know, I just be looking at stuff on the news. i like, man, these motherfuckers think people scared, man. It's like, shit, ain't nobody scared of your ass. You know, you better hope you don't get people fucked up for nothing. That's That's what the biggest fear should be. But because uh, niggas killing niggas like crazy, so it ain't nothing to kill somebody else. That ain't nothing. You know, I mean, I hate to say it like that, but that's the truth. Cause the president can't say it. You know, but uh, right. But uh, but uh, you know, you know, I hope everybody have a you know fantastic. Uh, I hate saying holiday. I like to name out the shit. Thanksgiving. You know, then you know, you know, you know, my birthday. Then you know, Christmas. So. Um, and Ray's birthday too. So I hope everybody, you know, have a good time and everything. And you know, we enjoy this football. And I hope I can enjoy the football. I'm almost dreading, <laughs> dreading the first game. 
you know, against, you know, <laughs> Detroit. Shit, <laughs> like, man, you know, uh, after Sunday, I don't, I don't know if I want to see that shit. So hopefully we do better. And, uh, uh, you know, like I say, man, just the world just need to make love, not war. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? So just think, man. Y'all just, just think with me. I know this buzz is about to go off, but just think real quick. If if everybody just for just for the the Thursday, if everybody was after they got it through eating and all that, if and drinking wine and tequila and all that, if everybody was screwing or finding something to screw, what kind of world would this be? You know what I'm saying? Won't nobody get killed at least for you know a stretch of time anyway. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Wouldn't that be a pleasant thought? It would be a pleasant thought. Yeah, just a, a bunch of ooh and ahs, you know what I'm saying? And then if it was legal, hell, everybody would be getting some, even a young Ben Carson, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. I appreciate that, Eminem. Yeah, yeah I, I, I we'll respect get... Ben Carson. He just looked like somebody I would fuck with if I was in school with him, that's all. <laughs> all right, you had a co-signer in the... In the chat room, man, for 105, I see he's right. He's so right. Talk, man. So, yeah, you got a, hey. you got a fan. All right. Speaking of that, what, what, what my man Alex been at, man? And, uh, you mean, uh, Alex, I'm not sure. You know, I, I talked to him a couple of weeks ago. Every blue moon, he'll call me through Facebook, which kind of, like, throws me off because I'm not used to getting calls through Facebook. But every blue moon, oh, you can do that shit. Yeah, you can make calls through Facebook. He'll um, make a call during a a commute to work or whatever, and I'll chat with him for a minute. And he's very funny guy. Does great impressions. Um, But um, I haven't actually chatted with him for a while. But you know, we 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 message each other now and then on Facebook. He comes across some pretty funny videos pretty often. Oh, okay. All right. So we'll get into some zone coverage in just a moment, but I want to thank everyone for a great show. Um, and I also want to thank all the listeners out there for taking the time, those in the chat room. Thank you very much. It was nice seeing some activity there. And um, the Top Key Radio Show can be heard live normally every Tuesday and Wednesday at 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Pacific. If you want to get more information on upcoming shows, go to TalkToQ.com, and you can find a show calendar there, which is currently empty, but I'm going to fill it up in just a little bit. Um, You can also find me on Twitter, at TalkToQ. You can find me on Facebook under ThankQ, and that's Q-U-E. You got uh, the TalkToQ Radio Show fan page. Just search for the TalkToQ Radio Show. Find my fan page. So many different ways to connect and keep up with what's going on on the show, what's coming up on the show. Uh, So my thanks to um, The Crystal Show for being the official sponsor. Be sure to check out A Pimp's Perspective. Um, Go to thecrystalshow.com website, and you'll see the link to The Pimp's Perspective. Check it out on YouTube. Uh, Very entertaining and informative. Uh, and my, also my thanks to um, myhebrewroots.net 
be sure to visit that site and, you know, support the sponsors. They're taking the opportunity to be a part of the show and uh, show them some love and, you know, show that you appreciate them bringing me to you. So, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll get into some zone coverage and talk a little sports. To everyone not in the sports, have a happy Thanksgiving. I will talk to you next Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. For everyone else, stay on the line and we'll get to it. Peace out. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? We got something to move tonight, and we start the whole circle thing go. Help me, stay move. We knock out. Let's go. Sideline to sideline, end zone to end zone. You know how we do it. Uh, first of all, I guess the first question I want to ask the fellas: Did, did you all see the um, Cotto Alvarez fight this weekend? Nah, I didn't. Who yeah, was Buck? Nah, I, I didn't. Biggity Buck. <laughs> just me and you, Q. <laughs> He's on the line. He just I oh, okay. something made okay. me run right now. But, uh, yeah, I did watch the fight, and uh, it was a good fight, first of all. It it was a good fight. And uh, it wasn't as one-sided as the judges scored it. I have no idea why they scored. Someone scored this fight 119. uh, I think someone scored a 119, 111. I have no idea. There's no way Canelo won that many rounds. To me, I gave Canelo uh, seven rounds to five. And some people thought that it could have been a, a draw, but it was basically Cotto getting in um, a lot of work. He threw a lot of punches, but his punches weren't as effective as Canelo, who, you know, is a bigger fighter. You know, when he rehydrated, he was just, they didn't say how much he weighed, but you can tell he was much bigger than Cotto. And uh, I thought it was a really good fight, though. Cotto gave his all. He's just not big enough to, to do anything with Canelo. Yeah. So. I, I I hate when they personally I hate when they uh with certain judges, all the judges are kinda of different, but uh, I hate when judges score like that because a lot of times, you know, it'll 
kind of put in favor a a boxer that's less skilled sometimes, you know, because mm-hmm. sometimes you, you have a guy, you know, when he do land, yeah, you know, he might rock rock the dude a little bit and the crowd going to like it. But, uh, you know, boxing is all about two things, you know. If I can hit, I, I'm trying to hit you more than, I'm trying to hit you and avoid, and, and, and avoid you hitting me. Right. And th- that kind of thing is kind of lost when, when when young up and coming fighters, if they saw that fight and they viewed it similar to what the way you broke it down, well, what you think they're gonna do in their next fight? They gonna kind of deviate from some of the more skill aspects of it, and they 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 gonna go for harder shots. A lot of time, a little bit too premature, and yeah. they, uh, they end with an experienced fighter like B Hop or something like that. You have an old man knocking your ass out, you know? right? So, <laughs> and a prime example of boxing is. Is Ronda Rousey and Holly Holm? I mean, Holly Holm basically subscribed to the sweet science, you know, make them miss, make them pay. Mm-hmm. And she made Ronda Rousey miss, and she made her pay, and that's what boxing is all about. And a lot of people lose that, but um, it's a good fight for those who want to catch the replay this weekend. So, all right, we'll go ahead and get into uh, the NFL right now, and we'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and start with the. Uh, Cowboys Dolphins game. Cowboys moved to three and seven with a twenty four fourteen win over the Dolphins, dropped them to four and six. This is at Sun Life Stadium. And uh, overall the Cowboys to me they look like the the Cowboys from last year in this game. And Eminem, I mean Darren McFadden had twenty nine rushes. Okay. For 129 yards. I mean, but the dude ran 29 times. Romo only threw 28 passes. Romo looked really rusty. He made some bonehead decisions. But uh, Dallas was able to do enough to get the victory, man. But I want to talk mainly about the rushing. I mean, almost 40 minutes in time of possession. If Dallas runs the ball, and and Robert Turbin came off the bench to rush seven, seven times, too. If Dallas runs the ball 38 times a game, that's pretty much going to guarantee they're going to be in every game or or even um, be in a lead, if you ask me. Well, yeah, because, you know, uh, you know, like in modern times, I'm pretty much on the island by myself. But, uh, you know, I'm always in favor of the old school, you know, run first offense because I look at – run offense as defense and this is what I mean for the listening audience if if you are a defensive player and especially if you're not one of the upper echelon defensive players you know and and I'm your offense you know I'm your running back every time you give me the ball and every time I pick up you know that three yards in a cloud of dust and maybe I you know pop off a six-yard run here and there and pick up a first down. You loving me because now, you know, you getting your head together. You know, you getting, uh, 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 you know, you, you getting rest up. Uh, the defensive coordinator now is getting his notes together and, and trying to figure out what the offensive coordinator's scheme is so he can better put the, the linebackers in place here and there. You know, he know how to do his rotation with his backs and stuff like that. 
it, it just kind of like it's a it's a it's a counter positive effect on the defense more so than anything. Most people just look at it as time of possession. It, it matters with time, don't get me wrong, but that's pretty much once you got a lead in the fourth quarter and trying to drive the game. But prior to the fourth quarter, what that running game do is allows your defense number one to rest and your defensive coordinator number two to to uh, you know maybe put put uh, put you in a better position to call a better defensive scheme in certain situations. You know, I, I mean, I love it. I I I I love um, when a when an offensive coordinator can come off his pride and hand the ball off. So a lot of people try to outdo this. Ever since Mike Mark, you know, did the greatest show on turf with the with the Rams and all that stuff, everybody from that point on, it seemed like it it, it it's an unwritten thing almost like, mm, I might not be perceived as smart if I run the ball. I need to I need to pass, 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 you know, and and, 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 and uh put little trinkets in and, you know, uh, uh, put little wrinkles with the slot receiver and all that. Man, that's fine. That's nice. But football is still 11 men on offense, 11 men on defense. You see what I'm saying? And it's nothing like throwing your back back there deep and handing him the ball, telling your offensive line to buckle down, put your hand in somebody's chest, and push forward. That's football one-on-one. That never changes. That's why Alabama's where they're at now. And of course, we're not talking about college right now, but um, that's what Dallas did last year with DeMarco. And I know DeMarco is sick at that number 29 times. He hadn't got he six yards. I'm going to give him the ball 29 times probably the next six games. He probably won't get it 29 times combined. That's sad. You know, and, of course, we're not talking about the Eagles yet, but it 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 it, it allowed – that allowed Tony Romo to to get some of the rust off of one. And number two – uh, it it allowed the flow of the game to just come as it came. You know what I'm saying? All the pressure wasn't on, you know, you don't have to have a bunch of three and outs. Every time you have a bunch of three and out, that hurts your offense and it kills your defense, you know. And and and, and, when, and when the team does that, you help your defense. I say it and I keep saying it. The best defense is a running game. You you do so much for your defense when you when you, you when you make a conscious choice to run the damn football. Pretty much, pretty much, man. So um, I think when Dallas is serious about running the ball, they keep Romo around twenty five, you know, attempts. Um, I think they could be successful. He needs to make better and, decisions and, when it comes and damn, to building like, uh, two games out of first place. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he needs to make better decisions when it comes to bailing out of sacks. Sometimes when he gets pressured, he 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 wants to just get rid of the ball a little too quickly. But um, aside from that, I mean, he just has to get back in the mix. It's going to take him a few weeks. Uh, going up against Carolina is not going to be fun on Thursday. I do. I actually think Dallas can beat Carolina. Um, I just don't know if they're ready. If Ramon would have had a couple more weeks, I would have felt a little better about it. But um, I actually think they can beat Carolina uh, just because of how they, they match up. The only problem is Carolina's linebackers are so good that I wonder how well they'll be able to run the ball. Um, so that, that offensive line is going to have to get yeah. to the second yeah. level 
right. pretty adept, uh, nah, pretty often in order for them to have some success. But you know what though? If anybody can do it, it would be Dallas. Dallas uh Dallas has one of the best um offensive lines when it comes to, you know, blocking for the run game. A lot of a lot of linemen now are not even drafted for the run game at all. It's just strictly, you know, your pass blocking skills. So it should be pretty interesting. The linebackers are gonna have their work they they work cut out because uh I I kind of feel the upper hand the Dallas offensive line. I don't know about, um, you know how ineffective the linebackers would be. Um, we're pretty much backs blocking them, but 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 the linemen. I don't know. This is going to be a challenge for Carolina. Yeah. And I don't think Dallas going to win because if Carolina can put a few points on the board and take the ball away from. McFadden and the rest of the running cast, and make Romo have to win a game, then that's when that's when Dallas start hurt. Yeah, but, yeah, and that's why I said those linebackers are going to be key if Dallas can neutralize those linebackers. So I look for the other, that other linebacker that got almost good as Cooley in a certain way. Yeah, <laughs> I can't remember his name. The other guy, um, um, Davis. Yeah, I mean that guy flying to the football. Yeah, former safety. So out of the University of Georgia. And Buck, Cincinnati pulled off uh, an impressive loss uh, <laughs> against Arizona. Arizona held down 34-31. A lot of points scored in the second half of this game. I mean, it was 14-7 at the half. And then in the second half, there were 44 points scored between the two teams. But Cincinnati dropped to 8-2. and two. Now, um, you know, they – for the most part, kind of shot themselves in the foot with penalties. Um, Arizona probably didn't deserve to win this game at times, but uh, it, are we starting to see, Buck, are we starting to see Cincinnati fall back to the pack, or are they just having just some hiccups right now? Because like I said, looking at the stats, they didn't play badly, and they probably should have won this game, but they found a way to lose it. Buck? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. But, uh... Yeah. Go ahead, can you... I'm on my phone, I can't... Ask me about the Cincinnati-Atlanta game. Cincinnati-Atlanta. Ooh. Well, I mean, this I'm is sorry, going to be a game. Arizona. Arizona. Cincinnati-Arizona. Arizona. Arizona won 34-31. Yeah, um... Arizona put it on them. I mean, they, I mean, everybody, you know, for the people that like the AFC North like me, this is where I've been waiting on, you know, Cincinnati and lost two straight. Um, you know, the real Cincinnati is, is showing up like I thought they would. Um, and, you know, it's, you know, Arizona just, Arizona is on it. I mean, the coach, you got them playing, you know, you got Arizona, you know, people, people are scared to play them. And they running things. I mean, in Seattle's, you know, Seattle at five and five is in trouble. You know, they got a tough schedule coming up. So, um, you know, right now, I mean, I think Arizona's in the driver's seat, and uh, Cincinnati, on the other hand, you know, they still two games up, but they're gonna have to, you know, they're they're in trouble. And hey, hey, Buck, but I know you. The of course, you know, the AFC teams north, you know. Like the back of your hand, but one thing I'll say about the game that I think 
really helped Arizona out, and it's the reason they won, actually. And, you know, people ain't going to say it because people don't like this dude, but Pac-Man Jones, <laughs> Pac-Man Jones made a big difference not being able to play not only on yeah. you know, and, and on on defense, but also from the special teams aspect. You know, he got, like, some of the most return yards average in the league, like second, third, something like that. So, in a in a competitive game, you really miss somebody like that. But because he's, you know, uh, with all the stuff with the strip clubs and all this stuff, you know, uh, when he's injured or whatever, you know, it's not being played like, oh, we really they really missing play, man. They're not really narrating it like that. But that's what I saw. I mean, they they totally exploited that. Who was that? Uh, that receiver, um, um, damn. For 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 Arizona, he was killing. Um, uh, the little that that um, young guy, JJ Nelson yeah, or something. Yeah, he real fast or whatever. See, Pat yeah. would have been checking him. They wouldn't have had him checking uh, Fritz Gerald. They may have a little bit, but they'd have flipped him over there, you know. And um, I, I think he'd have he'd have been way more effective. Um. Uh, in the in the past defense, you know the way where, where the way he been playing, he pretty much having a pro, pro Bowl year. So they really missing him. And again, a game against Arizona, you know, right? Because uh, other than that, it was a pretty good game. Uh, Arizona did real good stopping the uh, slowing the run down. Because Cincinnati once again was the games they had the most success on. They were more effective running the ball, but now. If you put the ball strictly in Andy Dalton's hand, then you know he's known for having them kill a three and outs at the wrong time of the game. And then when he, you know, when he kind of put it together in the run game, pick up a little bit, including him running the ball, they more effective. But uh, yeah. All right. Well, I just wanted to mention this right quick, man. Uh, it's painful watching Kobe Bryant right now, man. This dude, he's one for nine, uh, four points. He's, man, it's like, y'all remember hearing stories about who was, was it Hank Aaron stumbling in the outfield trying to catch a ball and stuff like that? Or Babe, or was it yeah. Babe Romer, who yeah, it was? And, 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 you know, and all of us still scarred from, from uh, what was that, Marino's last game, I think, they played Jacksonville or something. It was Terrible. Oh boy, he got brutalized. They they beat right. him like well like fifty to three or something yeah, it was crazy. Way up there, fifty or sixty or something like that. It was yeah, it might have been bad. sixty. It was really bad. So uh, man, uh, then Larry Holmes was trying to keep fighting and shit. I mean, you just like you know, Kobe is too great of a player to. Uh, well, I guess he was so young for so many years. He just don't want to accept that he's an old man now. And, I I mean, you know, I've I never been a Lakers fan, but I loved uh, Kobe. And if anybody could have one last big game, I would love to know that Kobe stopped, the, you know, the young, invincible Steph Curry from, you know, breaking the the record for most consecutive, you know, wins without a loss. But it ain't going to happen. <laughs> nah, it ain't going to happen. They already losing by 16 before the half. But, all right, Eminem, Tampa Bay forty-five, the Eagles seventeen. Uh, Tampa uh, Bay lose the five and five, and the oh man, Eagles I thought we weren't talking about that. The four and six. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
uh, Tampa Bay defense was really surprising, man. Now, you know, they, they held Dallas to six points the week before. Were you mm-hmm. impressed by how well their defense played in this game? Uh, no, because not taking nothing away from Tampa's defense, you know, because Lovey Smith is, you know, he always going to have a respectable defense. But Mark Sanchez, I mean, every everything – Everything on both sides of the ball was just a cataclysmic breakdown of total uh, disarray of belief in a system and belief in the, in the coach and all that kind of stuff. This is something that I dreaded going back to week what it was when the Redskins beat us. Shit, mm-hmm. two I think. Um, I, I I don't even know how I can put it into words. It's, it's just like it's one of the things you can't just quantify. I ain't taking nothing away from Tampa's defense. They I mean they did okay, but uh, we didn't even look like we knew what we were doing. You know, it, it was like it was almost like somebody was was handing everybody the playbook for the first time, and this was week one coming out of minicamp. I mean that type of stuff. That's more so. Uh, offensive breakdown than a defense is showing. And, of course, the defense didn't make it any better. I mean, you know, I think I saw a thing where they said we gave up more rush yards, the most rush yards we gave up since, like, 1973 or something like that. I mean, that's crazy, man. Tampa's not that type of team. I mean, they're they're improving, but they not – I mean, I, I don't want to lose like that to nobody. But if if it ain't the New England Patriots or, or or Seattle or Green Bay or something like that, I mean this is just totally unacceptable. Um, um, and the fact that Romo's back and the Cowboys is winning, well, well, of course they ain't even one game. But the dude ain't lost the game since he's been playing, and only two games out of first place. And we have a breakdown like this at home. Now some of that stuff that I was kind of reluctant to say, I'm starting to say now, like, okay, Chip got to go and all this shit. Because at first I was saying, you know, and, you know, for the listening audience, y'all can replay the tape. I kept saying, well, I ain't going to start saying nothing now because, hey, we still a half game out of first place or one game out of first place. You know, I'm not panicking yet, but Sunday don't have me thinking nothing good about Thursday. I just hope we can fix whatever's going on. And I don't even know what it is to fix anymore because it's a team breakdown. It's not a. It's not one thing, you know. Um, you know, Sanchez always have been the type of guy that's going to have turnovers and stuff. That's nothing new. But he, he can have turnovers and still you can, you know, kind of get through it a little bit. This is a cataclysmic breakdown, you know. Um it's almost like I hate to say it, it's almost like the team quit, you know, and you know yeah. we, it, it, it's in a different division that would fly, but now it's just like, you know, how can you quit and we still only like a you know two games, but well maybe a game back. I I think the Giants had a bye this week, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. they did. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, Thursday, man, you know, if if we don't show up to play this Thursday and lose 
and lose, well, lose a loss is a loss, but lose like we don't want to play. I mean, Chip got to go. I mean, when I say he got to go, this Chipmunk bastard got to be gone by Monday. <laughs> he got to be gone because we're gonna see. It's, now, it's, y'all, it's, y'all matching up this week against um, in a short week against Detroit, who's been hot as of late, um, and Detroit seems to have a little more confidence about themselves. Yeah, and that's scary because they never not they have never not had the talent. I don't even understand how they lost so many games this year. You know, I, I'm not a Matt Stafford fan at all, but I know with, pretty much with the same team. Minus who? Reggie Bush, and that's about it. <laughs> I mean, and uh, Sue, but um, but pretty much outside of that, they pretty much the same team. So yeah. Yeah, it's almost like they have waken up, kind of like the Bears. I mean, pretty much like the Bears, too. They kind of done woke up a little bit. So uh, we need to wake up. Hopefully we'll wake up, you know, and get it together and, and try to, you know, get this, this uh, this 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 NFC title that, that everybody's trying to give away, right? <laughs> nobody no one nobody don't want to win it, you know. Right. All right. Well, uh, Washington did their part by losing to Carolina yep. forty-four to sixteen to drop them to four and six. Uh, Cam Newton oh, went ham. Cam Newton twenty bad call in that game. Which one? The, the game right here. The uh, Carolina and Redskins. Um, I remember quite a few bad calls this weekend, but refresh my memory. Oh man, this this, this had to be the worst. Number twenty nine of the Redskins popped Greg Olson and dislodged the football. Man, they talking about it was uh uh targeting or some shit. Man, it was it was bad. I okay, now, I don't like, think I saw that. Yeah, when, when you get a chance, peep it out, man. It was bad. I think it was like the second quarter. I mean, that was like terrible. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm glad. Washington lost and definitely went going for him, but I still like to see, you know, respectable football as far as the calls going. Right. That, that so, you know, they had quite a few bad calls this weekend um, in college and in the the pros. Um, the inter- inverted whistle last night with Buffalo and New England that stopped uh, what would have been a big play for New England. One of the referees just blew the whistle accidentally. And, uh, it's starting to be kind of messed up, you know, as far as the referees and what they've been doing. I don't know if you all have watched SportsCenter, but last night, uh, who was that last night? I can't think of the player's name. Oh, Carmelo Anthony. On one play, Carmelo Anthony took like six steps, it seemed like, before he had to take a shot. And then somebody, I think, from Toronto took four steps and basically drove from the three-point line all the way to the almost the corner of the basket. And, uh, I mean, these referees are just – they're slipping, man. I don't know what's yeah. going on, and, but and, refereeing and, is, is a lot worse in football and basketball than I've ever seen. Yeah, and uh, also in that Buffalo game, uh, I, I don't know if y'all saw it, but at the end of the game, dude, dude wasn't touched when he went out of bounds. Still should have been like two seconds. <laughs> you know, when he made the catch, he get, he rolled out of bounds on the long, but they ran the clock off. They ran the time off the clock. Yeah, and no one said anything, and – Right. You know, part no, of the problem. If, if you tackled in bounds, they run the clock. But if you run out of bounds or roll out of bounds in that case, they should have stopped right. the clock. Didn't even review it. 
I mean, part of the and problem is it's going to be reviewed after two minutes, right? Or well, most is, of it anyway. Is the uh, the the coaches aren't really pressing the issue enough? Uh, they got to do a better job, and it's just it's it's bad. Yeah, though. and then that then that concussion stuff got everybody scared. So I guess they scared to just right. run hell. <laughs> right. And but Denver, uh, Denver got over on Chicago, seventeen fifteen, yeah. and moved to eight and two, and dropped Chicago to four and six. Chicago had been streaking for a minute. Uh, Brock Osweiler, man, this dude, uh, you know, he did enough. This is a guy at Arizona State, six foot seven, twenty seven, twenty of twenty seven for two hundred fifty yards, two touchdowns, and most importantly, no turnovers. Uh, but I think Ronnie Hillman having a hundred yards rushing is really what helped them. Uh, did Brock Osweiler help the running game, or did the running game help Brock Osweiler? I think we're a little bit of both because, I mean, nobody. I mean, he came in there and really there was no expectations except for the people that drafted him. Um, you know, he comes in there and he he runs the offense really well, and now you earn him a next you know a big start coming up this week against New England. So, you know, he did what he needed to do, but I think the running game kind of helped things out too because that offensive line has been suspect all season. Um, but with the running game, you know, you get the running running game established and established early, you know, that take you know, now that sets up play action pass for the pass and I think that's what helped him helped them out a lot. Um, so hopefully the running game can you know, keep going this week to help them out against Marina because they're gonna need every they're gonna need all hands on deck against them boys. So, um it was good to see um Oswald get in there and, and do what he did because, you know, Peyton Manning, you know, they, of course, they're trying to blame it on him being hurt and all that kind of stuff. In fact, Peyton Manning just freaking sucks. I, I, you know, he throws all, he got all the, the big numbers and all that kind of stuff. You got to do a little bit more than just throw for 71,000 yards. You got to, you know, you got to win some playoff games and win more than one Super Bowl, you ask me personally. But Austin Lauder did his thing, and the uh, running game did that. He went in. Thing too, and defense. You know, of course, Denver defense been on point all year. So, you know, we'll see how it happens this coming week when they play New England. So, you know, a lot of people are saying that, um, you know, Peyton Manning has been benched. That it has nothing to do with his injury. And um, I'm starting to wonder that too. I think John Elway, Eminem, is the type of person that would bench Peyton Manning if he thought he'd get some W's. I don't think he cares. Yeah, I don't think he cares. But, uh, but. Uh, like I say, you know, uh, I ain't one of these guys that are too quick to, to pass the torch, even though I say go with the hot hand if you're hot. But, you know, it's just like this the NFL, and, you know, we done seen this year after year a, a guy replace somebody. But as soon as some of the defensive coordinators will have some film to, to break this dude down, and you know, then you can really see what he is. You know, he could be the truth, but then it could be fool's goal. But, uh, but I think he should definitely start against New England uh, because – the way New England's defense is playing, there's no way you want to put Peyton Manning in against. You know, of course, I know just for the fans, you know, the the, the Manning-Brady thing, they might want to see it. But no coach in his right mind should start Peyton uh, against that defense. Because if you dinged up any kind of way, I mean, you know, you're going to go ahead and take dude out for the season or whatever with uh, the way that defense is playing. So, um, you know, I say let the, the young dude, you know, do it. But, but most of the sis, you know, number one, this was the Bears. You know, they, you know, they, 
uh, kind of started hitting on on some cylinders again, but it's still the Bears. I mean, they, you know, they didn't beat Green Bay. They didn't, you know, they didn't beat even Minnesota. You know, uh, so it's really nothing to celebrate to the to the extent of you know this is Bledsoe getting replaced by a young Tom Brady. I mean, I think everybody need to calm down on that kind of stuff, but. You know, but I know they, you know, Denver glad to get a win and, and everything, but most of it has to do with the running game. You know, they pretty much abandoned the running game. When Peyton started uh, throwing the ball more, that's when they started kind of getting off track. But when, once again, when they when they pounding that rock, letting the defense rest, and Denver got a hell of a defense, you know, the defense almost overwhelms the opponent. You know, but the last couple of weeks, you know, they kind of got away from that formula and it, and it made a difference. So now this week with the with the with the new kid on the block in, you know, they went back to just you know running and attempting to run, and it helped the defense out. You know, it shortened it shortened that time down. Let them catch their breath and let the defensive coordinator scheme better. So it's a it's a it's a perfect formula. But um, but they would be crazy to start Peyton. In New England, though, I mean, I know he hurt some, but if he, if he, even if he healed up, I mean, they go. I mean, there's no way he should start uh, in New England. No, yeah, we'll see what happens there. I believe Peyton is like uh, Kobe. And, yeah, because um, he, yeah, he, he definitely around too long. Career. And 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 I definitely didn't understand this stuff. I don't know if it's true or not. I get, I get, I know y'all probably heard it too. What he was saying, well, they were speculating that. Even if he's not in Denver, he intends to be in the NFL playing somewhere next year. I'm just like, you know, now at this point, it's just like seriously, you don't think you're contending for a ring no more because anywhere, anybody who's even remotely close to going to a Super Bowl is not short of a quarterback. So I'm just like, if you're not in Denver, like where in the hell are you going that's that, that, that need a quarterback that can even contend for anything, you know, so. To me, that would be real stupid to to play to the point where you get your damn neck messed up and you be in some kind of wheelchair. Yeah, that would be real. All stupid. right, so uh, Green Bay broke out of their slump, beat Minnesota thirty to thirteen. Very impressive win by Green Bay to lock both teams at seven and three. Uh, but Green Bay's defense stepped up and did what had to be done to kind of set the pace. And Aaron Rodgers, while he didn't have a great game, only being 16 of 34, he didn't have any turnovers, and Eddie Lacy finally showed up and had a 100-yard day. Yeah, I think that, you know, the defense stepping up was huge for Green Bay because in recent weeks they were missing tackles and things of that nature, and they really stepped up. Um, The running game, Eddie Lacy, you know, he's been playing with groin injuries all season. And uh, for him to step out there after, you know, a couple of weeks of rest and get out there and uh, run 100 yards was big, not only for Green Bay, but for him individually as a as a football player. But when you're dealing with groin injuries, uh, they, can be, they can be a nightmare. Uh, I know our safety uh, played with two torn groins the entire season last year, and, you know, they were already calling him a bust because we picked him up as a free agent. But this year he playing lights out. So uh, groin injuries are something you don't play with. 
But Aaron Rodgers, even though you know he, you know he only threw for 212 yards. I mean, they, you know, he, you know, getting back on, you know, getting back on the ship, so to speak. Uh, Green Bay did, you know, this was a huge game for them because it's not only, you know, if they'd have lost this, they'd have been two games pretty much two games behind Minnesota, basically, and the division loss. So now, you know, they got the tiebreaker advantage, and they, you know, they have a lead now. So um, this was a big game for Green Bay, and shutting down Adrian Peterson was very, very huge because. I think last year, Adrian Peterson rushed for like 300 yards in two games on these guys. So I think it was actually a bit more than 300 yards. So um, it was very huge for Green Bay to come out and jump on them like they did. No doubt. No doubt. So, uh, like I said, they're both tied at 7-3. and three, So we'll see what happens going forward. But uh, Minnesota had a chance to really step up and take control of that division. Buffalo didn't let them do it. All right. Last night, the Patriots beat the Bills 20-13. to 13. I did not see most of the second half, so I can't really comment on it. But what I saw in the first half was Buffalo was tattooing Tom Brady. Every time he dropped back to pass, they had somebody different blitzing. Did anybody see this game and can tell me what happened in the second half? Did Tom Brady just decide, he, you know what, I'm Tom Brady. I'm going to do my thing? I think Buffalo tired themselves out. Um, they put so much energy into chasing Tom Brady and putting him on the ground in the first first couple of quarters that they had they ran out of gas. I mean, we do see that from time to time. Players, you know, they go all out, or maybe they got away from it. Maybe the defensive coordinator changed the plan, you know, trying to keep up with Tom Brady. You know, one thing you got to give these guys credit for: they always make the necessary changes during the game. You may beat them a little while, but they they stop you in dead in your tracks, you know, after halftime. You have to be able to make adjustments, but you can't get overzealous. you got to stay disciplined, and I think stepping away from discipline after the first couple of quarters where they were putting them on the ground, I think beat the Bills got a little bit too lackadaisical. And uh, as a result, Tom Brady used them to his advantage. And Eminem, did you see the game last night? I guess he's still there. And um, well, New England moves on. They're ten and zero, and they're still doing their thing. But they're getting a lot of injuries, and I'm starting to think these injuries are going to start to catch up with them at some point. So, uh, yep. I mean. Amendola went down. He might be out for a couple of weeks uh, with a sprained knee. And, you know, they've lost Edelman and, you know, they've lost some offensive linemen. And I, I just don't think they're going to be able to keep piecing it together like that. I know Tom Terrific is Tom Terrific. But at some point, you know, talent is going to win out. And he may be able to get by in his division. But in the playoffs where everybody is good, he may have to have some struggles if he don't get some of these people healthy. So, all right, um, Chicago goes to Green Bay on Thursday night. Chicago's been playing well as of late and uh, should be a good test for the Packers. Then on Sunday, uh, Giants-Redskins, I hope they tie. Um, should I might have to pull for the Redskins in this game just to keep the Giants close. So I'm going to pull for the Redskins and win at home. Kirk Cousins has been doing pretty well. I mean, there's no doubt that RG3 is out at Washington. 
The Dolphins at four and six play the Jets five and five. Uh, this could be it for the Dolphins if they don't win this game. They could be uh, pretty much looking towards next season. Tampa Bay at five and five and Indianapolis who is five and five. They both need this game and but the Colts right now are kind of in a logjam in the AFC South because they're tied with Houston who has gotten back in the mix and Jacksonville is just a game out. Yeah, this is a, this is going to be a very interesting game here. Um, um, Indianapolis, you know, they're actually playing playing better without Andrew Luck. They're playing better with Hasselback, and Hasselback, you know, he's one. Of, he's probably, you know, he's like Vinatieri, one of the oldest players in the league, you know. And they play on the same damn team. Well, they used to play on the same damn team. So, uh, you know, it's just uh, Indianapolis is, uh, you know, they they're streaking a little bit. But they have to win this game to stay stay relevant because now you've got a hot Jacksonville team, you know, not too far back. And, you know, Houston, you know, they're starting to win some games now. So, um, you know, they're going to they gotta have to win this game. They can't, let, they can't let this one slide. Yeah. But don't that sound funny, a hot Jacksonville team? Man. I know it does sound funny. It don't even sound right coming out my damn mouth. It don't even roll off the tongue good. I'm like, man, I'm like, I'm I'm looking for what, Tony Baselli and Mark Brunel and Fred Taylor. Now. I'm like, that's the last time I heard of a hot Jacksonville team. But they actually, um, they actually are starting to look, you know, like, you know, Borders might actually be the quarterback. You know, he like he actually might be the quarterback for that team now. Well, you know, Blake Borders, he um, he actually works out with Big Ben Roethlisberger. He's been working out for, with him the last two seasons, and you know they kind of have similar similar styles. So don't be, you know, he's starting to, he's starting to emerge a little bit. Plus, he's got some receivers to throw to too. So uh, they they starting to turn some heads. I mean, they've been in some games this year, so. You know, yeah, they uh, might say, they and might the say a little something for you know, It's a lot better than what I gave him credit for, because um, yep. I really hadn't watched too many Jacksonville games. But uh, the game against uh, Buffalo, I was, I was pretty impressed. Yep. So yeah, the only time I watch, the only time I watch a lot of Jacksonville games is on Madden. So they they actually <laughs> relevant right now. They're actually starting to be relevant, so you know you got to keep an eye on them. They may shake a little something before the end of the season. And then what? The, have we started talking about the Colts yet? Uh, well, yeah, we we just brought them up. Yeah, man, that that is absolutely sad. I feel so bad for Andre Johnson. I'm sitting here saying like, damn, you know, I don't myself predicted the Colts to be like this, the final piece of the puzzle, him and Frank Gore. You know, yeah, along with T.Y. Hilton, and I'm just like, oh, man, you know. And this dude is, I mean, he they on the verge of the, the way the Colts are going. Even, even with Luck healthy, they were still, you know, not doing good. I'm just like, man, wouldn't it be sad for him to still not even go to the playoffs with, with uh, or, or now, now on the win, not win a playoff game, but not even go, you know, um, this year, and then Houston possibly make it and win the division, that would be just too crazy. Yeah. That would be messed up, so. 
and they talking about uh, Pagano on the hot seat and all this kind of stuff. I'm just like, I'm like, you know, they don't went from Chuck Strong to Chuck Wrong, man. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I don't know. But all right, so you got, um, let's see, San Diego at Jacksonville, which is more important for Jacksonville. San Diego's playing for a draft pick. The Raiders uh, are are playing the Titans, and so the Raiders are still playing for their playoff spot. The Titans are fighting Jacksonville, San Diego for a draft pick. Uh, St. Louis four and six goes to Cincinnati eight and two. St. Louis loses this game; it could be done out west. So it's more important for them um, than Cincinnati. Uh, the probably one of the most underrated games of this week would be uh, Minnesota at seven and three. The Falcons at six and six and four. Remember, the Falcons started what six and zero, oh, and um, yeah, I don't know what happened mm-hmm. to them, but they just can't seem to get anything right. Even though Devontae Freeman now he got hurt Sunday, he's been playing well. But I mean, it, doesn't this fall on Matt Ryan? All all the way, all the way. It all the way falls on him because there's no way for this dude's whole career he done had. Well, Roddy White the whole time. Then later the combination of him and Julio Jones. There's no way you don't supposed to be able to just. I mean, uh, a quarterback who's supposed to be an upper echelon passer. There's no way you you shouldn't have more success than that. You know, I mean, there's no way you go on on losing skids and that kind of stuff. That's I, I don't know how to. I don't, I don't know how to just figure it out, what's the deal. But, I mean, he he seems to have all skill but no kind of drive, if that makes any sense. You know, it's like, you know, if we were doing a, a quarterback combine, he, he got all the right tools, you know. He, he got the arm and all that kind of stuff. But it's just like, you know, he's ice, but he's ice, period. It's not like. It's not like he got some kind of burning desire to 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 win a championship or something, man. He's a, you know, of course I I'm not in the man's head, but it just that's the way he plays. He, he just yeah. he's very streaky, and for for him to be such a veteran now, you know, the, the the passes he got, you know, four five years ago, he can't get that pass no more, you know. So now it's it's like if he don't do nothing with this team this year with the start they had. I don't think there's nothing wrong with the coach. I mean, you know, they definitely got a good running back coming up. So, I mean, it's, I think it's time to to look to to make a move on, on Matt, 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 Matt Ice and, you know, run his ass up out of there. Because uh, if he can't win no more with the start they had with this team he got this year, um, you know, I think that falls on him more so than the coach or anybody else. But Matt Ice need to go? Uh, I don't think he needs to go quite yet. Um, I think they need to open up the offense a little bit more. They're not throwing the Rodney White side at all. I mean, he's been complaining about, um, you know his, you know his production because his production is, you know, it's all Julio Jones. And when you throw to, I mean, it could be the offensive play calling. So could, I'm thinking more so offensive coordinator need to be fired than than Matty Ice. Now some of the, some of it does fall on him. Sometimes you have to audible out on some of them plays that your offensive coach is calling, so you can get the offense open up, and so you can generate points downfield. 
if you know you're only going to one side, then you know you got to, you know, Rowdy White, you know, he ain't falling off that much. So you need to get this man a chance to, you know, catch a few footballs out there because if you this man on single coverage and you ain't throwing it to him. With, with know, him being the veteran he is, I'm pretty sure they, they give yeah. him the, the leeway to the audible. I'm, I'm, I can almost assure you that, you know. Well, they might, but it may not. I mean, you you got some of these asshole uh, coordinators that just, you know, they got to make all the calls and don't give you the freedom to, you know, audible out of some of these plays. And I mean, common sense got to come come into play somewhere. Um, so I'm, you know, sometimes call, you know, the, the way to play is a call, or the way they want you to play. And you know, they, you know, you can't go. Sometimes they don't want you to go against the coach. So I think they need to take a look at that. But you know, ultimately, I mean, he has to make a decision. I don't know. Like I said, I don't think Maddie Ice needs to be going yet, but. You definitely go be under the microscope if they fool around and end up with a losing season. So you got to make some decisions on his own to figure out whether you know the straightness, you know, the going the right direction. You know, let's make some changes now while they got a chance before you know they'd be looking for somebody else at quarterback. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. Uh, the Saints at four and six take on the Texans at five and five. This is an important game for both of them. The Texans trying to keep pace in the South in the AFC, and the Saints are trying to get back into the mix um, in in the NFC South. So it should be a big game for both, as well as Buffalo and Kansas City, both being five and five in the playoff hunt. Arizona will probably take care of San Francisco. Um, the Steelers and the Seahawks, but this is important for both of you all as well. With you being six and four and the Seahawks being five and five, Seahawks may need it more. Well, now nah, you all may need it more because you're down a couple of games to um, to Cincinnati. Yeah, I, I think this is a very big game for us, and I think this would be a good measuring stick. I know Seattle is, you know, they they five and five, but you know, our high-powered offense is still high-powered, even even with all the injuries that we've sustained. Um, I really think this is a big game for us. I know this, you know, we're playing in a hostile environment. Hopefully we can take the 12th man away from him and bring some of our fans out there and, you know, be Pittsburgh, North, you know, in the in the west, on the northwest side. So, uh, you know, it would be nice to kind of see us go to go to Seattle and handle them. We've got a tall task as long as we get the running game going and things of that nature. I think we can beat Seattle. I don't think Seattle can hang with us. They can't – I know they can't uh, – score with us. So as long as we get in the end zone and get in it consistently, I think Seattle's going to have a handful. I don't care nothing about, you know, their corner, their defensive backs or anything like that. I just think we need to get out there and just go, you know, as long as we played in stake-free football, big game, get down, mm-hmm. I think we take them out. So we need, we need a road win because we haven't been road warriors this year so. We need this win very badly to keep pace and, you know, we control our own destiny. Is uh, Lynch still going to be out? Yeah. Yeah, he'll be out. Okay. Don't matter whether he was in there anyway. Really don't matter. Oh, yeah. It matters. It it matters. It matters now. But but they're back. Back Tom Cross, he doesn't punish people like Lynch does. Because he's actually a – you know, a staple in their offensive schemes, you know. I think that's what's really been hurt them this year. He ain't been hurt this year, really, all year. So, 
All right, let's see. New England 10 and 0 will battle Sunday night against Brock Osweiler and the Broncos. 8 and 2. Um uh, I think New England losing this game. And I, I tell you why. I think the Broncos defense is going to come to play and yep. they're going to shut down Tom Brady. I think he's just lost too many weapons. And uh, not only do I think New, uh, New England loses, I, I think Denver wins this, wins this game convincingly. Yeah. Anybody like think Buffalo, the New England going to win? I, I, I mean, mm. you know, we, we all watch the Buffalo game. I mean, I know each game is different, especially when it comes to Belichick, but there was really no answer for what Buffalo was doing to Brady. They had him confused. They was running all kind of stunts. They were still knocking his ass down, and he and you could see it affected him, man. It was a couple of times he threw some ground balls, you know, that yeah. was almost borderline intentional grounding. So, um, uh, I don't know. I I I think that 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 if anything, the Denver defense that he's going to face is going to be tougher than the Buffalo defense that he faced. Uh, much tougher. Right. So, you know, now offensively, you know, I don't, you know, I don't know what's going to happen on that part, but I, I don't see, I don't see New England having no field day with Denver's defense. They might, but I really don't see it. It would surprise me. If they run through Denver's defense, as good as Denver's defense is, then you can go ahead and lock them up for the AFC. Oh, yeah. yeah Denver's that. defense, to me, is by far the best in the league. And if mm-hmm. they run through Denver's defense with those backup players, then you, you can lock them up. You can lock them up. Yeah. So. Between Denver between Denver and uh, Carolina, they, they clearly got the, the better defense in the league. Yeah. And, all right, so Monday night, uh, this is probably the first Monday night game to ever get blacked out. You got the Ravens and the Cleveland Browns. Um, two teams that I had higher hopes for at the beginning of the season, um, and they're they have five wins between them. But the biggest story really is Johnny Manziel, and but this dude, you know, his own video down in Texas with champagne in his hand or something, and he's supposed to be out of rehab. The Browns want him to take football more seriously and stop partying. And he got demoted to third string, man. I mean, do you think that um, they're going to ultimately cut Johnny Football? This is what I'm going to say about Johnny Football. There comes a time when you got to let a man play. Now, I understand that, you know, he he shouldn't be partying. I understand that, you know, they want him to take football more seriously. But you just named this man the starter two weeks ago. Uh, and now all of a sudden you're taking him back out. Okay, you have to give this man some continuity and give him some confidence, okay, so that way he can play. And he had a he had a decent game. He threw for 372 yards against the Steelers. And then, you know, you, you, know, you can't just keep taking this man out and putting him in. Ultimately, you're causing him to revert back to the party, okay? So – because every time that you, you say he's a starter, okay, he goes out and celebrates with a champagne bottle, okay? All right, did the man miss practice? No. Did the man, did, you, know, did he, you know, did he show up late for practice? No. Okay, ultimately, he's going to do what he's going to do. But as long as he's performing on Sunday, that's what it really matters. 
And, you know, Cleveland for the last few years has been, you know, they've had quarterback controversy. This is because of dumbass shit like this. You know, sometimes partying don't, you know, it's not messing up anything. I mean, Pac-Man Jones go to strip clubs. And, you know, he'd be, you know, mainstream and all that kind of shit. He used to. He probably still does. He just, you know, just do it quieter. But the bottom line of it is, is that, these guys still show up. They still play. You know, they show up for practice. They show up for game days. So as long as they're doing that, and I ain't trying to – I'm not taking up for Johnny football. I think I, I think the guy actually has some talent. And, you know, if they just give him a shot, I think, you know, he might be able to, he might be able to do something in this league. But at the same time, I mean, I understand what – I understand what, you know, the coach is trying to say and whatnot and trying to help him – be more of a man and play, you know, you know, play disciplined football and be disciplined on and off the field. I get that, but at the same time, let this man play freaking football. There's no reason to demote him down the third string just to try to prove a point. Um, because ultimately, I think what you're doing is more harm than good. Yeah, you know, that, that's some good points, and you know, I, 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 I kind of. Felt bad for Manziel from the time he been in the league. You know, this dude to me has been uh, treated so unfairly by the press and everywhere else. I mean, to me, it's almost like it's almost like, <laughs> and it's his own race is doing it. But it's almost like they saying, "Man, you you acting too much like a nigga with money or something." I don't know, but. I don't see what he's doing that's so bad. Okay, he pulled over, and him and his girlfriend were arguing and playing or whatever. But, I mean, okay, like, dang, it's like that the end of the world. And now, you know, the champagne is like, okay, but like Buck said, did he miss practice? I mean, what did he do? Third string? Are you serious? You know, like, what did he do, you know, that, uh, that was football football related? I'm going to play devil's advocate for the NFL, um, uh, well, for Cleveland on this. And uh, if, if with, with all the stuff Johnny Football has been through, I'm pretty sure at some point he sat down, because they got to know, first of all, that you're going to be available to play on Sunday. Now, whatever problems he had where he had to go to rehab, which probably centered around his ability to not be able to get ready for games. So I'm pretty sure after rehab, there was some discussion about Johnny going forward, man, we got to know you're serious. And Johnny probably told them, man, I ain't going to drink no more. I'm going to show you I'm on the up and up. I want to play football. So when someone who tells you something like this goes out and not only is dumb enough to party with champagne in his hand, but to actually get caught on video, well, he wasn't caught on video. He was... But he was posing for the video. He was in the video <laughs> rapping like to the to the phone. So when you have that type of blatant disregard to everything that you've done, been through or whatever, it it makes a, a, a team be like, man, we can't rely on him. This guy's going to get in trouble with the NFL. He's going to get suspended. He's going to do something stupid. He's going to be a distraction. And so I, I'm and no, I, I would have just cut him. I wouldn't have demoted him. I would have cut him and, and let him go about his business, man, because at some point it's like, dude, are you going to play football or are you going to party? Now, when you develop some credibility, if you want to get back out there 
and do some stuff. Like right now, if Pac-Man Jones went to a strip club, folks wouldn't trip on it like they would have five years ago. Because Pac-Man, uh, Pac-Man Jones broke down and he played football, right? And he even told you, told folks to call him Adam for a little while. Don't even call me Pac-Man. Call me Adam Jones and everything. He showed that he was trying to turn his life around. Johnny Football ain't showing that. And if I'm the Cleveland Browns and I just spent my investment on you as a draft pick and watched you go to rehab and watched you do this, and then you come around and now I see you posing in front of a camera with uh, a bottles in your hand, uh-uh. I mean, I, I understand why Cleveland, you know, is upset about it. Because you don't know if your quarterback going to be back on the sauce and be back in rehab and you out of a quarterback again. So I cut him. I really would. Let somebody else worry about him. Nah, I, I have to play the season out, you know. Then I let him, let him go because, you know, I'm just like, you know, but God, I mean, it's a lot of stuff in the NFL, you know, nobody don't never talk about. But, I mean, guys do this kind of stuff all the time. I'm talking about, you know, reputable guys, you know. But they ain't, you know, I ain't nobody tripping like that, you know. Hey, Grunk yeah, on the party and stuff, but because they win in championships, ain't nobody making a big deal. I'm, 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 I mean, I Grunk ain't got in trouble, though. I know he I mean, ain't got he in got trouble. He's got, this dude's been in trouble in college right. and in the pro. Well, look, okay, but what that. I'm saying, Manziel is nothing compared to Albert Hainsworth with some of the issues he's had, you know, with, you know, just not necessarily substance, but just, you know, just other stuff and, uh, uh, you know, uh, what's his name, Stallworth? I mean, I mean, it's, yeah. it's it's guys that you know that that played in the league and continue to play uh, when uh, well, it was tragic the way it ended. But you know, we, we remember what was kind of going on with Chris Henry and all that kind of. I mean, it's it's been yeah. a lot of players that had substance issues and half of the the Cowboys back in the nineties and stuff and shit. Uh, what's his name? Uh, but, I mean, that was a totally different Bobby. time back then. That's that's yeah. when folks would get on Twitter and, and shut your stuff down. Yeah, but what I'm saying, I it, still, it still happened, though. You know, Barry Swisher had a loaded gun on the airplane, all this kind of shit. Man, I'm just saying, it's like, if somebody wanted to just nitpick, you can take any athlete apart other than somebody that's preaching or something. I mean, most of these guys, Champagne, you know, I mean, it's like most of these guys probably – Frats and stuff like that. I mean, if you just put a camera on them, you're going to get some I mean, moments. I mean, if you just want to beat them down. And that's true. But, again, I like I said, we we don't know what he told the Browns as far as what he would not do anymore. Yeah. yeah now, I will, true, I will say time. this, though, in, in all fairness, you know, to your same point, if if somebody, if you don't shook your owner's hand, look this man eye to eye, say, I would not do this. Yeah, I, I will say it do look bad. Three weeks later, you sit up there with some champagne and talking crazy to the camera. I mean, yeah, that that do look bad, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, what are you, you going to say, Buck? At at some at some point in time, you got you just if the guy can play, let him play. I mean, mm-hmm. you see what you see what they doing down there with Greg Hardy down there in Dallas, and this joke. Look what they did with Lawrence it? Taylor. They <laughs> and they let they let they let them guys play. So all I'm saying is this: Cleveland doesn't have anything to lose, but losing a first round draft choice. Okay, if the boys got talent, 
all right, maybe if you let him play a little bit, maybe he will get to, you know, he will, you know, get to love the game again, so to speak, and maybe he'll put some of that stuff down. But if you keep putting him, you, you say he's the starter for a couple of weeks and then you demote his ass down in the third string trying to prove a point because he had a champagne bottle in his hand partying, I think what you're doing is more harm than good. And this guy got talent built around him. I think if you do it the other way, sometimes being positive, even in the even in the adversity of negativity, will help him, you know, grab hold to the organization and make the necessary changes he needs to make. That's all I'm saying. I think uh, I, I I don't agree with them demoting. Right. Like I said, I, I think you have to do one or the other. You have to let them play, or you have to cut them. Um, but if you let him play, and he does have a good season. And then he does continue to do the drinking and the, the problems or whatever. Now you have your team who looks like you had a quarterback, but you really don't because you know now he's suspended or something. So I I don't think you can move forward with him if you don't know if he's going to be smart enough to stay on the field. That's why I say you you either cut him or I, I agree with you either you play him or you cut him. But demoting him is not helping to me. It, it's, it's not going to help. Uh, okay. So, but then, I don't third think string, Johnny where, where Manziel, did the third string come from? I mean, that that's unrealistic football. I mean, this dude, you know, he, he to me, he, you know, playing better than he ever did there. Yeah. Uh, so to go from starting to third string, that's, you know, my, my I know head. Cleveland trying to get. I don't. I don't know what kind of court of public opinion they trying to impress. But other than Roger Goodell, the fans looking at first of all, the win loss. They got the ugliest uniforms, so they need to be wow. trying to sell some all the jerseys they can. But I just think yeah. that um, what they need to do in, in Cleveland, and maybe they're trying themselves trying to protect their draft pick. Like if we get him, and we can get him to understand what he's doing, then he can get back on the field, and, and we can still keep him and have a successful draft for that year. But um, I mean, it's too far gone now. I mean, I'm pretty sure he doesn't want to be there. Um, there's always an RG three for Johnny Manziel trade trade two two Heisman quarterbacks. Uh, will, will either of you do pull off that trade? No, I think I think I, I take Kaepernick, but I, I, I'll pass on RG three. You take Kaepernick? I wouldn't take RG. Oh yeah, see, see, thing about it, Kaepernick is a baller, but the thing about it is, the problem with Kaepernick is is not Kaepernick; it's the fact that what he's doing now is inexcusable, don't get me wrong, but, he, you know, he hurt too. But the thing is, that whole organization broke down. Anytime you got guys in their prime retiring, niggas playing one year and retiring and all that, I mean, that's, you know, that's that that's a, that's a behind-the-scenes total debacle, you know. Yeah. But you, put, you take Kaepernick, put him in a fresh situation, uh, put him on a whole different coast, and let him, you know, don't play this, 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 this you know, no punt and ten. Don't let play this white boy ball. Let this man go back to playing the way he played. The best coach ever for an athletic quarterback, in my opinion, is Dan Reeves, and he come from a whole different time period. But the best quote I heard him say was like, "I just let Michael be Michael," and this, this is a guy who coached John Elway. Well, of course, Elway was athletic too, but. He just let Michael beat Michael, 
and, you know, stop making these guys sit in the pocket and all this stuff. If they let Kaepernick, if they bring Kaepernick to Cleveland, let him just be Kaepernick, you know, you know, you, you load up on, on draft picks in the first round, take all defense, let Kaepernick pick up a first down here and there with his legs, keep your defense rested up, they have a lot more success. Now, they're not going to win the AFC North no time soon because, you know, as long as A.J. Green is healthy and, of course, Antonio Brown is a weapon in itself and Roethlisberger, you know, they're going to dominate that division for a while, but they will right. have respectable games, you know. But uh, you can't bring in a non-athletic quarterback to go against guys that's that formidable including Flacco, who's damn near perfect when, whenever he can make the playoffs. You know, you're not going to just bring a guy in like RG3 and, and and do anything in that division. It's too damn brutal, you know. Right. It, it, mm-hmm. The hit's too hard. Yeah. You know, he had to go to some kind of pansy division or something. But uh, the AFC North is not for RG3. But Kaepernick, he can handle it. You know, he, he would give them all they can handle if you let him play his ball. If you tell him standing in the pocket and get killed, well, that's what he's going to do. He's going to get killed, he's going to suck, he's going to throw picks. But if you tell him, say, hey, man, if it ain't there, take off, shit, he's going to give them fix. Okay. All right. Well, um, let's see. Before we get into the who am I, you all want to discuss your power five for this week, your top five teams in the NFL from number one to number five, and uh, whoever wants to go first. Sure, we can do that. Uh, first, you still got to put New England. I mean, right now, you know, they're 10-0, and 0, um, and ain't nobody has stopped them yet. But I think they're getting ready to be stopped here pretty soon with the injuries that they're running into. Carolina is definitely second. I mean, they're, they're dominating right now. Uh, defense is off the top, and – I don't know about anybody else, but Cam Newton needs to be, be considered in the MVP ba- balloting at this point. What he's doing, not only in the air, but also on the ground. Um, I don't give a damn about his dancing. The son of a bitch is, is winning football games. So, uh, you know, I definitely want to see him in the MVP balloting for sure. And then he can dance. He can dance for that. Um, three. I'm going to have to go here with uh, – I'm not to go with Arizona here. Um, Arizona is doing doing a masterful job of playing, and they have a good offense and good defense as well. Um, Bruce Arians got that Carson Palmer looking like, you know, looking like he, you know, a first-round draft choice. Um, they're doing real well. The only question that I have about them is, can Carson Palmer stay healthy down the stretch? You know, we don't want to see any freak knee injuries or anything like that going down the stretch. So, um, hopefully Arizona can, you know, keep him upright and healthy. And uh, Arizona going to do some big things. Um, number four, um, I'm going to have to put, mm, let's see. I'm going to put Cincinnati at five. Uh, i got to put them there. Um, before the Minnesota-Green Bay game, I would have put Minnesota at four. But I'm, since Minnesota lost to Green Bay, I'm going to have to put Green Bay in this. Green Bay looked like they kind of right at the ship and kind of got things kind of back where they need to back where they need to be. Uh, they in control of this division now. You know, you know, they control their destiny as well. So I think you know if they can keep 
playing like they played this past week, Green Bay is going to be formidable down the stretch. So I'm going to put Green Bay in this spot, and Minnesota is no longer in the top five. All right. Eminem, who are your top five? Okay. I got to go with Carolina first. Um, they they seem to be very consistent the way they're playing, which is you know, strong defense, run the ball good, and then, of course, Cam doing his thing. Um, uh, what edged out New England for me this week is the Buffalo did an excellent job. I mean, they didn't come out with the W, but, you know, Buffalo did all you could, you know, more, way more than uh, a five-win team, but uh, you would expect them to do it to New England. And I think the injuries and all that, uh, you know, don't, it don't, you know, hell, New England still might be 16, you know, even with the injuries, but I think to a point, you know, uh, they they roughed up Brady. They basically shit Legarrette Blunt down. Uh, they basically shit Grunk down. So that that's what slid him into number two. Uh, number three is a pretty tough one, but I'm gonna have to go with Green Bay. I think that um, that they have um, uh, Andy Lacy's kind of healed up a little bit and got a little bit of motivation from being basically benched. So, you know, you just give Rodgers just a little running game, and he pretty much can rip a hole in any team. He just that guilty. Uh, four and five, I hate to go with Arizona, but I'm going to go ahead and give them number four. They did come up with the win, but like I say, you know, if Pac-Man would have been healthy, I don't think they would have won that game. And number five, um, number five, I – I'm going to just stick Seattle right there. I think they have basically found their rhythm again. Uh, they kind of play like the old Baltimore Ravens used to play the last couple of years, but they ain't going to do it this year. But <laughs> well, they kind of, you know, BS the first part of the season and say, okay, well, now it's time to make a playoff run and maybe make a Super Bowl run or a championship run. So I think that's where they're at. And, um, Right now, they the record don't show it, but I think Seattle pretty much can. Nobody probably don't want to play Seattle. I put it that way. I I think they kind of just hitting on their cylinders again. So Carolina, okay. New England, um, Green Bay, Arizona, and Seattle. All right, I'm going with New England first and Carolina second for obvious reasons. I got Arizona third because I think Arizona right now is just um, hard to beat, especially at home. So home field advantage would be very important for them. I got Denver at fourth because uh, I think they're kind of, you know, revived a little bit, even with a young quarterback. But their defense is good enough to keep them in the mix. And I have Cincinnati as five because even though Cincinnati has dropped their last two, they didn't play poorly in their last one. They just had um, a lot of penalties and made some mistakes. But overall, they played very well offensively. And um, I think Cincinnati's going to get back on track and, and uh, lock up the division sometime soon. But those are my five. But, all right, they uh, have announced the 25 semifinalists for the Hall of Fame, uh, which in some of the semifinalists include Brett Favre, T.O., and Alan Fanica. Um, other semifinalists are Kurt Warner, Isaac Bruce, 
Morton Anderson, Tony Baselli, Kevin Mawai, Tony Dungy, Marvin Harrison, Orlando Pace, and John Lynch, uh, who I don't think deserves to be in there. Others nominated by the Seniors Committee are Ken Stabler and Dick Stanford. I don't know Dick Stanford. And Eddie DeBarlow Jr. is still up for it. I don't I don't know if I really feel like Ken Stabler deserves to be a Hall of Famer. To be honest with he you, does. he was a good quarterback. I never thought he, he was Ken Stabler was no Hall of Famer. So, Mm-mm. yep, so that's what we're looking at as but, far as the Hall of Famer. But at the, time he, at the time he played, who, who was better than him? At the time he played, I mean, in his peak, I mean. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Not I was talking people. It was, it was probably a short list, right? Greasy and Bradshaw. I mean, I, let me, Bradshaw. let me first. Let me. I mean, but they already in. I was just saying, like you know, just, just kind of, you know, just. I mean, it he in played a little bit. from seventy to eighty four. So I mean, you talking about Fran Tarkenton, Bradshaw, right. Staubach. I thought Craig Greasy. Morton was the Hall of Famer. I thought Craig Morton was better than probably better than him. Um, Bob Greasy, yeah, that's another one. Um, I'm not going to even say Joe Namath, even though everybody was so stuck on him. But I never thought Joe Namath was a great quarterback. Uh, let's see. Huh? <laughs> it was just pizzazz and his panache. That's all it was. It but, wasn't his plan. Uh, I, you know, like I can say, I don't know what the, like, you know, something we always talk about anyway. But I don't know what the criteria is. But I mean, but given the time he played, he probably was in the top ten at least. I mean, uh, he won a Super Bowl. He had a good winning record um, for the most part, and he probably he probably was top ten. But I mean, it's not like he. But, but, he but never I'm saying led like, but if you were in a room and they were saying like, okay, well, we gotta always probably put a old timer in there. I'm just saying he's probably getting down on the short list of people who's not in. I mean, I'm, I'm saying like of the people that's in front of him, they're probably already in. So what I'm saying, I don't know how they do it, but if they always put in like a old timer or whatever, it's probably down to him. That, I guess if that makes sense. See what I'm saying? I mean, one thing he has gone from, he did, he was an MVP. You know, he did win MVP the year they won the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah. So he has that, that going for him. Um, and then, of course, he has, you know, the Super Bowl ring. But as far yeah. as, uh, you know, what he did, I mean, I mean well, I'm, I'm, just, just, I, I'm just playing devil's advocate. I mean, to me, yeah, I understand. If, if you've been the league MVP at any point, I mean, just to be the league MVP, I mean that. that yeah, I mean that's that a strong case there. That's a, yeah. that that is decent, but um, yeah. I don't know. Just when I think back to to great quarterbacks of the seventies, it takes me a minute to get to Kevin Stabler. Right, but you know what? This is what I'm saying, though. This is what I'm saying. Those guys that you're thinking of are already in there. Bob I mean, Buck but just because he's Buster. not, I mean that don't mean no, I'm gonna no. put. Trent no, no, what I'm saying, because though, everybody else in front of him is, is gone. Right. Okay, but what I'm saying, though, listen to what I'm saying. Because I don't know the criteria, but this is what I'm saying. If you were in a room and they said, well, you got to put an old-timer in there, all I'm saying is who that's better than him that's not already in I'm just saying if you got to add an old-timer, 
if that's yeah. how they're doing it. I'm saying it should. What I'm saying is probably down to him. We got it. I, I, I got what you're saying. You feel what I'm saying? I got what you're saying. It's like I don't know if if I don't know if that's what they do, but if they're doing that, it's probably down to him. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, they need to put Kevin Green in there because they had his ass, They had him on the finalist list the last four or five years. Kevin Green is so. not even a finalist. Yeah, but, but I'm so saying like, if, if, yeah. If, if, but if somebody was in the room, say, well, you know, every year we're gonna have to put somebody from the '60s or '70s in there. What I'm saying right. is probably down to Ken Stabler of the people who's not in there already. Yeah, I, I, we get it. It could, yeah, it could be true. I mean, if, if if that's what they're doing, you know. Yeah, I mean, Ken Anderson was was a good quarterback. Uh, I ain't gonna say he was great. He was a good quarterback. Y'all remember Joe Ferguson? He's played yep. Buffalo. Yep. Buffalo. Uh, Number fourteen, I think. And uh, Burt Jones, which he didn't play all that long. Rwan uh, Jaworski. I mean, you know, it's yeah, it's uh. Ken Anderson had everything except for a Super Bowl. That's the only thing he didn't have over Ken Stabler. I mean, he had better numbers than than Ken Stabler. Uh, he was first team All Pro. He was actually a Hall of Fame finalist in '96 and '98. And that's crazy how you go from a Hall of Fame finalist for two years and now all of a sudden you're not a Hall of Fame anymore. So that's kind of messed that's up. because they do it wrong, and you know, yeah. and you know. Well, like I don't I think say, this is a Hall of Famer, but right. But I'm saying, but the the reason why, the reason why they they should have a shorter window to add people to the Hall of Fame, if they're ever gonna get in, is because every year somebody retired, there's gonna be somebody so good that your name gonna get pushed back. You know. Yeah. yeah. You know, like like for for somebody who might have been a finalist last year, or the year before last, well. You know, automatically everybody know that Brett Favre and probably Orlando Pace is going to be first ballot when they retire. So, yeah. automatically that's going to, you know, cut somebody. So, if you don't yeah. hurry up and get certain people in but every year, the conversation is going to get better and better. Orlando Pace was the first was was last year and he didn't get picked. Uh, so he's oh, back he, up oh, this he was on year. Last? Okay. Yeah. That. He's back up this year. And Kevin Green still could be on the list, Buck. I don't have all 25 names. I thought I did, but, but I okay. don't. So he still could be okay. in the mix. But, I mean, when you look at, all right, I, to me, all right, Isaac Bruce, Morton Anderson, Tony Baselli, Kevin Mawai, Tony Dungy, Marvin Harrison, Orlando Pace, all of them could be, you know, could go in. But the thing about it is all of them aren't going to yeah. go in because yeah. Brett Favre uh, deserves to go in. T.O. deserves oh, yeah. to go in. And, and even though Alan Fanica, he ain't going to get no love, but, you know. Right. It's, and it's even though Alan Fanica is, is, was good, I would still put in Tony Baselli before I put in Alan Fanica because Tony Baselli should have already been in. And when you start getting into this, this person should have already been in and stuff, man, it's just kind of messed up. Yeah, that's true. Uh, when, does, uh, uh, when does McNabb come up? Uh, uh, he ain't going in. I guess McNabb got going another, in. He should. another year or so. No, fuck that. So, they're not going to put McNabb in. I don't think McNabb's a Hall of Famer. I would put him in the Hall fuck of Fame before I would some of these other people. But I don't think. I mean, he, he, he deserves a Hall of Fame just as much as, I mean, if, uh, 
if uh, Jim Kelly in the Hall of Fame, you got to put Jim uh, McNabb in. I know Jim Kelly went to Super Bowls though. I mean, McNabb yeah. did go McNabb. to one, but okay, but he was more of a conference what, championship type yeah. guy. Okay, but look at look at the offensive players around him. Nobody that McNabb had for the majority of his career was even close to the Hall of Fame on the offensive side of the ball. Other than T.O. And that was the one season. Anyway, no, but, absolutely not. Yeah, he he wasn't even all pro. I, I can't go with no. him. He never even made an all no. pro. absolutely not. No. He never led the league in anything. Uh, I mean, but it's okay. But see, y'all setting the criteria. I'm saying if it's going to be a criteria. I ain't setting no criteria. I'm just I'm, saying I'm just, the boy ain't going. That's all I'm saying. No, but I'm just saying. Yeah. But th- no. But what I'm saying no. is, okay. No, Eminem, no. Okay. <laughs> no, nah, I'm just no. saying because the Eagles, I'm just saying, like, okay. Who am I? Who am I? His, his career <laughs> completion percentage was 59%. Okay, but um, but 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 look at his win-loss no. percentage. The man went yeah, to five NFC title games. I mean, that that got to count for something. He lost yeah. them. He lost That's four of if he had won four right. of them, then maybe it would be a different story. But, all right, real no. quick, because we're about to get cut off. Who am I? Uh, I'm a six two, two 221-pound quarterback that turns 33 years old today, drafted in the seventh round out of Harvard, Harvard by the St. Louis Rams. Who am I? Fitzpatrick. Ryan Joseph Fitzpatrick, the Amish rifle. The Last Amish one. Rifle. I am a six foot seven, two hundred and sixty pound tight end. Turns twenty nine years old today. Drafted in the third round by out of the University of Miami uh, by the New Orleans Saints. Jimmy Graham. Graham. Jimmy Graham. All right, let me shut this thing down because I know they're about to cut us off. Appreciate you fellas hanging out with me for this extended zone coverage. Try to cover. Two days worth of stuff. We didn't get into the uh, college playoffs. I was going to talk about the Clemson, Alabama, Oklahoma, Iowa rankings right now and if Michigan State and Notre Dame deserve to be left out. But I'm sure we'll have some time to get into that next week when things shake up a little bit more. But uh, I'm, hopefully you fellows will have a happy Thanksgiving, and I'll talk to you all on next Tuesday. And we'll get into some more topics and some more sports. You're on the Talk to Q radio show. No experts, just opinions. Everyone have a good night. Happy holidays. Peace out. Catch you guys later. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? Let me thank you for having me on your show. It's so awesome to be here with you and all your listeners. My name is Quincy.
Peace out.